This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily live on YouTube. And for all of you making us a part of your day on the podcast this afternoon, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. As always, if you're with us on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're a podcast listener, um, anytime you have an opportunity to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts would be a great, a great um, thing to do. We'd appreciate it, as well as the other podcast feeds. What's going on? we got a huge show today, folks. Um, big night last night for Kevin Chevalier off in the Winnipeg Jets. A major re-signing a significant trade to add to the blue line. Jet fans are fired up. We'll get all over that over the course of the next couple hours. We'll also speak with the returning Mark Morrison, now the head coach of the Manitoba Moose. Uh, He'll join us in a few minutes. Sean Reynolds, with all this Jets news, Rennie has many hot takes fired up. Um, He's camping, but he will join us from the campsite. I think we'll be doing it audio only. So if you were hoping to see his camping look and what headband he's wearing out at the campsite, unfortunately, that won't be taking place. Uh, but we'll hit all of the Jets news as well as a very busy day, a couple days around the National Hockey League with Sean. And then at around 2.15, we'll get ready for Gold Eye season. The fish are back next week. Andrew Collier, the GM of the hockey club, is going to join us to fill us in on uh, what the plan is for the boys this summer to get back and salvage some of the 2021 season in front of their home fans at Shaw Park. As always, we're brought to you by our wonderful family of sponsors, our newest sponsors, Paramount Services Limited, Royal Sports, Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, Aikens Lake, and Cool Bet Canada. Um, So, Remus, let's get right into it. What uh, What a wild night last night for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I did a tweet out that, you know, there's probably a few guys doing... Uh, maybe a twilight round at the golf course. And they got the notification that Paul Stastny was back on a one-year deal and did a bit of a jig because I can't think of a more almost universally popular move than bringing Paul Stastny back, especially, I mean, the number is very, very fair. The term works for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, So like, listen, I I was already, uh, I think like most Jet fans, pretty fired up that Paul Stassi was going to be back. We talked yesterday on the program about how important he is in so many different ways to this hockey club. So that was big news. And then Reem, um, about an hour later, uh, I I believe this might be, I got to give credit to Scott Billick. Is this the first Billick bomb we've seen? Because uh, Billick threw out that the Jets were in conversations trying to acquire Brendan Dillon. Then lo and behold, within an hour from the Billick bomb being tweeted, uh, we had all the insiders getting in on the action and uh, it was official. The Winnipeg Jets have added a big defenseman on the blue line. Left hand shot, um, Brendan Dillon coming over from the Washington Capitals in exchange for two second round picks. Um, Remo, what'd you think about last night? Yeah, I was like getting ready. Thought it was going to be an uneventful night. I was uh, posting your interview from yesterday with uh, Mark Hillier on our YouTube channel. It's available as a separate uh, feature now. And then all of a sudden my work got uh, interrupted. Uh, We had the Stasny signing. I put up a nice graphic on Instagram. Give us a follow on there um, if you're not. And I was like, all right, this is uh, pretty exciting. Paul Stasny. I think a lot of people wanted him back. I think the term a year. I mean, there's. I remember on Illegal Curve, Drew Mandel would always say there is no such thing as a bad one year deal. 
And I, w- I would agree. I mean, for an older player, um, you know, you get him at a lower cap hit than before, still manageable, fits into the salary structure of the Jets nicely. On the ice, he can still play middle six role. Um, off the ice, we know what kind of leadership uh, he provides. And, you know, you saw that in some of his interviews. And, you know, he's a veteran. Is, I think his veteran experience is very uh, valuable to the team. So I have to be happy with uh, Stasny coming back. And then the Brendan Dillon signing, I think you have to love it if you're a Jets fan. And people are saying, like, what's Dillon like? Well, I think he's kind of like um, bringing back Ben Sherratt, kind of, you know, he's a bigger guy, 6'4". He can lay the body, play the penalty kill, block shots, but still contribute, like, a little bit offensively. I don't think he's got a 107 Malinier slapper, but I think... I think, uh, you know, he can, he's in there on the left side. You know, maybe you slot him with DeMello, who he was very effective with uh, in San Jose, or he plays with Pionk. I, I'm, I'm not sure. So, but I think the Jets saw a need in defense, which we all recognize, paid two second-round picks to get it. And, uh, I mean, they're ready to go. He's got a three, three years left, which you like, um, at, what, $3.9 million. Listen, the deal. That's, that's the, the best part Dillon's- of the deal. Brendan Dillon's contract, um, you know, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't think, listen, I know there was some urgency to address the blue line. I, everyone knows that. But I'm not sure they would have felt exactly maybe as confident making this deal or would have paid, you know, a significant price for a well-drafting team like Winnipeg. You know, tossing in two second rounders is not insignificant. But when you're bringing in a player that's 30 years old, presumably in the prime of his career, that has three years left that you're confident can play a top four role on your hockey club, making less than $4 million in a flat cap world. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for the Winnipeg Jets. And I wasn't sure. I mean, we talked about Brendan Dillon before on this program, and I know we'd sort of focused in more on some of the right shot defensemen out there. And that's not to say the Jets won't be knocking on uh, Brandon Montour's door, or maybe some of the other right-hand shot defensemen that are out there tomorrow when free agency gets going. But when you look at what's available, Reem, um, you know, it, with the exception of, you know, breaking the bank, which I think is quite unrealistic, uh, e- even if Dougie Hamilton wanted to come to Winnipeg with the Jets cap situation and the RFAs they need to get signed, Brendan Dillon just seemed like an absolutely perfect option for the Winnipeg Jets, both for term, both for salary, both for fit. And, you know, he's a guy that has played with Dylan DeMello before. I could absolutely see him. Uh, you know, getting back together with DeMello at one point, you know, does that mean they go with Morrissey and Pionk together? Um, you know, or is DeMello or even a player like uh, like Brandon Dillon at times, you know, doing lots of heavy lifting on the PK and some special teams and maybe playing with the younger defensemen that the Jets are trying to put into the lineup? What is interesting, and I mean, not ideal right now, is that you have on the, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Morrissey and Dylan both on the left side. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people thought that maybe Dylan would work well popping in with a player like, um, like, you know, with Morrissey or, you know, maybe a Logan Stanley or all on that left side. I mean, right now you've got Pionk and DeMello on the right. Um, and then a lot of question marks. I mean, Sammy Niku, I don't think is going to be in the lineup on opening night. Um, Kovacevic still coming around, although had a real strong year with the Moose, and maybe he could be a big surprise this season. Um, but, you know, with Hanel and Sandberg on the left side and Dylan and uh, Logan Stanley on the left side, it, it is a little bit a little bit packed, and I think we all know that D- Brendan Dylan and Josh Morris are going to be in the lineup all along. So, you know, is there a potential for one of those guys to move over to play the offside? Yes. 
Um, or is there a potential Reem? And this will be quite interesting as we get into tomorrow, adding another player. Um, and, you know, if that is the case, if the Jets do do that, you know, what does that mean? I mean, you've got, you know, three young defensemen. Logan Stanley's going to be up for a contract. Presumably he'll be resigned and be in the mix. Philly Hainala, certainly there. Dylan Sandberg as well. Um, you know, will all those players sort of be in the mix challenging for a spot? I guess we'll see. But the bottom line in this, with the needs the Winnipeg Jets had, a solid, big, strong, tough, experienced defenseman like Brendan Dillon um, seemingly was exactly what the doctor ordered. And the numbers certainly make sense for where this Winnipeg Jets hockey team is at. Yeah, I love the move. They went and saw a need, addressed it, got a top four D. He can play left side. He's under contract for the next three years. So you're not signing some crazy um, UFA deal. And the re- people are asking me, why would Washington get rid of this guy if he's so good? Well, you saw it today. They need to free up cap room. Alex Ovechkin, they signed Alex Ovechkin. He had a, uh, what, the, we'll talk about it later, the five-year, 49, I think, and a half, or 49.75, whatever, close $50 million contract. They also have to sign, uh, you know, the goalie. They got to sign, um, I think they lost, what's it called? They lost the backup goalie as well in the, in the expansion draft. They got to sign uh, Char as a free agent. So there's a lot of moves Washington has to do, which made Brandon Dillon expendable for them. So very, I think a very strong ad for the Jets. Stasny, again, strong ad. We'll have to wait and see what happens tomorrow. Do they go and get another bottom pair D? I see people throwing around uh, Brandon Montour's name still, Jake McCabe. Uh, I'm, you know, David Savard, I, I don't, I think they're probably out on that type of guy. I mean, that's what they did in getting uh, Brandon Dillon. So uh, you would think the D next year, I mean, as of now, it would be like with Morrissey and, sorry, let's see, Morrissey, DeMello, and then Pionk Dillon. And then who's your bottom, you know, to your bottom pair to you right now? Is it Stanley and Hanala? Is that what you're rocking with? Are you bringing another veteran? Uh, is, sorry, Nate Beaulieu is uh, still under contract as well. So, uh, I mean, yeah. So how many of, and then the question is now, how many of these young D are going to get a shot, Huss? I mean, is Hanala going to be in the press box again? Is he going to be tweeting uh, Bernie Sanders <laughs> gifts of him or pictures of him in the gloves? And well, you know what? He'll have an opportunity to come in and make the team. And I know everybody just wants every young player to be gifted a spot on the club and go ahead. You're an NHLer now. That's not how it works. And like, I don't know whether you guys are trolling me in the chat right now. I mean, I know Maul Paris likes to have fun with all of us and me. And there was another person. And I mean, D Kingsey, they're going to need to trade one of those guys, preferably Stanley. Like, are these people all just doubling down on these terrible takes for four years that this guy was a bust and not acknowledging that he had a great season and there's a reason why he's got a big future with the Winnipeg Jets team? I don't get that at all. But I guess to the point that if you do add a player like Brendan Dillon and if you are you know, making a concerted effort to try to win within this window of the next three years, um, you know, do you have those, you know, those solid young prospect defensemen Billy Hainala, Dylan Sandberg, just one point of those guys. And I guess for the for the people in the chat, I will include Logan Stanley, although I don't think that's a consideration of the Winnipeg Jets, you know, to trade one of those players uh, to potentially, you know, whether it's further improve the blue line, whether it is to make something happen up front. And I know there's some people that have tossed Andrew Kopp's name into the mix. Cop's interesting because, I mean, again, this is something we've talked about many times before, but I mean, the fact that he went to arbitration last year or last time with the Winnipeg Jets to get his new contract two years ago um, left, I think, a bad taste in his mouth. It was pretty clear about that. 
Um, if they're going to get to that point, I think maybe they do go that way. But by all indications, uh, they're working on a deal right now. And I would imagine Andrew Kopp will be in the mix going forward. Uh, but l- the addition of Dylan and knowing you have the security of Stastny on one more year, uh, Reem, I think gives Kevin Sheveldayoff, while it doesn't give him more cap space, it certainly gives him far more clarity as to what his team is going to look like right now. Uh, because as much as we all want to pencil in all these young guys to play 82 games, especially on the blue line, that's not really how it works. And, you know, some guys will turn out, some guys might not. But I don't think anyone, I, listen, I'm a big fan of Ville Hainel. He's going to be a solid NHL player, I think. But let's not make it sound like all of these guys are just absolute sure things the second you stick them on the ice if they're in the opening lineup on uh, in October. Yes, uh, I agree with that, Huss. And people are saying, well, what's the Jets' third pair? I mean, right now, you'd have to say just based on the depth chart, it's Beaulieu, um, Stanley. I think that's just how it is. But I don't think we can really give a definitive answer until we see that the Jets add another player tomorrow, what other trades are there. But I'd say as of now, that's what it is. Hainala, I mean, just based on what happened last year, he's still on the outside uh, looking in. Niku's on the outside. I mean, do they move uh, Niku? Um, I mean, it seems like he doesn't really have a spot in the organization. He was on Frank Saravalli's trade target list, uh, the last spot when we spoke to Frank. Is Listen, is there a yeah. market for Niku? Like, if no. there was anyone offering something of value no. to Shevel Dayoff and the Jets, would they not have traded him I, already at I, this point? So, I mean, who knows? And sometimes it's funny how those things happen. Sometimes a guy just sits there without any opportunity, and, you know, he's just not in that spot. There's no one that wants to trade for him. And then a few injuries come in, and all of a sudden the guy plays his ass off, and, oh, lo and behold, he's either in the lineup or now there is a market for him going forward. So, I mean, to me, it's fascinating. To me, it's fascinating. I will say this, though. As much as I love Nate Beaulieu, Reem, um, and this is part of the reason this goes back to, I think, our conversation on like the sixth show of Winnipeg Sports Talk when it happened. For this team to to move forward, I mean, you want to have guys like Bolio, but like, I mean, if that guy's automatically one of your top six, I'm not sure how much better than you were the year before. That being said, the addition of Brendan Dillon, um, you know, I think a very, very exciting, exciting addition for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, we talked about the term. We talked about the amount of the contract is. It really does seem to work for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but this is just one day before free agency. Now, there was a ton of things that happened today in the National Hockey League. Resignings, buyouts, some trades. We will get to all of that in a few minutes. And Sean Reynolds is going to join us around 1.45 or so if you're watching with us live on YouTube. And we'll uh, and we'll and we'll uh, we'll get to all of that coming up. Um, but we are going to bring in the new head coach of the Manitoba Moose for a quick chat. Looking forward to having Mark Morrison. Before we do that, told you yesterday, got a brand new sponsor on board. Official welcome to Paramount Services Limited. Great to have Paramount. Carrie O'Brien, a good friend of mine for many many years over at Paramount. Um, you know, big fan of the show and thought that this would be a great way to get the word out on what they do, which is. Paramount Services, a full facility maintenance company serving commercial HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and handyman services to all of your favorite convenience stores and restaurants in Western Canada, operating 24 hours a day, 365 days a year for the past 28 years. If you are in convenience store, restaurant, if that sort of a business, and you're looking for a one-stop shop for kitchen or cooler supplies for your business or property in Western Canada, give them a call, ask for Cario, or you can visit their website at Paramount Services LTD for more information. And I guess a big part of it as well that, you know, they wanted to let people know 
Um, they're always looking for qualified techs who specialize in HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and handiwork. If you are a handy guy and are looking for a great company, with benefits, solid remuneration, find out more. Um, if you go, actually, Remus can pop it into the uh, the chat if you're with us on YouTube. Uh, you can click on that. But if you go to ParamountServicesLTD.com for more information, or if you go to the Winnipeg Sports Talk page, hit our sponsors, click on the Paramount Services logo, and it'll take you right to the careers page over at Paramount Services. So big thanks to them for coming on board. Uh, great to have Carrie, Evan, and the gang with us. And uh, as I said, if you got some handy people in your uh, in your circle uh, that are looking for a great gig, check the careers page right now at Paramount Services. Also want to give a shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. You know, we were talking about bomber season coming up last week and uh, we got the home opener next Thursday. I have a feeling that'll be a lot of people rolling into Royal, maybe to get some new blue and gold for the game on Thursday. And of course, with Paul Stastny back and Brendan Dillon now acquired by the Winnipeg Jets, I have a feeling some uh, new jerseys will be going out with some new numbers and names for Winnipeg Jet fans. Again, when it comes to licensed merchandise, there is nowhere, anywhere that's got a better selection of it, it than Royal Sports. And while you're there, you can check out the incredible bike selection. Hockey season's coming up. Nowhere has more hockey gear than our friends at Royal. Some soccer, baseball, an expanded fitness section, and uh, still some good camping time right now. Check out their camping section as well. And get one of those Jets Yeti mugs, all at Royal Sports. Our good friends, the Hasbeak, 650 Rally EK and 750 Pembina Highway. And, uh, of course, another beautiful week heading into the long weekend. We are in the height of blizzard season. The Kit Kat blizzard season is back at the Nick and Nicky DQ. Pop and see our friends at the DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, or DQ St. Anne's. Uh, I would suggest the Ultimate Grill Burger. I love the chicken fingers, but it is ice cream season. So get on one of those blizzards. And for God's sakes, if you've got a gathering coming up, whether you're hosting or going to one, be the hero. Get a DQ cake. Everyone will love you for it. And you can very simply order it online through Instagram to Nick and Nikki at DQ Manitoba. Give them a follow, fire them a message, and you can pop by and pick up the cake and be a hero heading into the weekend. Big thanks to Paramount Royal and Nick and Nikki for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we're going to get back to the NHL talk in a minute. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of overlap right now, but it's an absolute pleasure to welcome in a familiar face to Moose fans. He's now the head coach of the Manitoba Moose, Mark Morrison, joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Mark, what's up? Thanks for doing this, and uh, congratulations on the new gig. Well, gig, welcome back to the peg. Yeah, pretty excited. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, I'm real excited to uh, to start heading back that way. I'm in BC now. Uh, start heading back that way in a, in a couple of weeks and uh, get to work with a lot of people that uh, I know real well. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, for uh, maybe fans that, you know, weren't aware, I mean, you, of course, have been with the organization before coming over to Manitoba from the St. John's Ice Caps and then spending the last few years in the National Hockey League with the Anaheim Ducks on the coaching staff. Um, tell us about the opportunity to be a head coach and why this was such a good fit for you and the organization. Well, I mean, I, I guess this all started back in the ECHL when I was with the Victoria Salmon Kings. We were a uh, affiliate of the Manitoba Moose uh, at that time. And uh, then I went on to, uh, to work in St. John's with the Ice Caps and then in Manitoba with the Moose. And uh, one of the things I, 
I liked about uh, working there as an assistant coach. It was, uh, you know, like developing players, like working that part of it with the young players. And I think at the end of the day, um, that's where I'm fitted best at, uh, working with the young player. And we, uh, when I went to Anaheim, kind of did the same thing, but, um, you know, they're, they're, by the time they get there, they're, they're pretty much prepared. Uh, and I like that, that preparation thing that comes in when you're in the American Hockey League. So it's kind of my style. Uh, it's what I like to do as far as the head coach position. Um, I think it just gives you a, a little bit of an advantage when you're developing. You know, you, you, if you have meetings or you're trying to, you're trying to work with a young player, you, you're able to put him in situations on the ice as the head coach where he's going to improve. And that helps uh, speed up the uh, process a little bit. Now, um, Mark, the familiarity with the organization, I'm sure, was an asset to both sides. Um, what was it that was so attractive, not only getting a head coaching position in the American Hockey League, but coming back to Winnipeg and uh, working with a number of people that uh, you obviously had a great relationship before? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it's excellent. Like, it, well, it shows, um, you know, that the organization is fairly loyal to its employees. When I looked, I, I've been away for four years in Anaheim, and uh, when I was when I was being interviewed for the job, I looked at the staff, and you know, there's only one or two changes in in the Jets staff as well as the Moose staff. So, um, a lot of familiar faces for me uh, to work with. I've I've uh, been making a lot of phone calls and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's going back four years, but it's uh, made some friendships with a lot of the guys that I'll be stepping back into work with. Hey, let me ask you this. Cause you'd be, you have a very interesting perspective on this. Um, how, what have you noticed about the Jets organization, both at an AHL level and the NHL club um, over the course of uh, the four odd years that you were in Anaheim and now returned to? Well, I, I think the continuity is, is important and, and they're good at it. And I, I think that, you know, especially in American hockey league, the continuity is important because you're working with these kids for three or four years. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it's fast and it's a year or two, but mostly it's three or four years. And so the continuity there that that coaching staff takes you right through to the NHL, I feel is really important. And they've done a good job at that. Uh, Pascal has been there for, you know, I worked with him for a year. I think he was there five years, maybe six, and uh, the same staff. So I think that's important, and uh, it's also important in NHL. Like I, I think that there's uh, there's something to be said about you know, like working with the same players over a period of time and not change, change just for the sake of changing. You know, I, I think back to I mean your last couple of years with the organization and. You know, it's interesting, you know, when you talk about the cycles of professional hockey with where players at are in their different stages, um, you know, there were some young men that were really just getting their feet wet as professionals when you were last behind the bench with this organization. And uh, now you got a few of them, Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor, I mean, turning into real stars. I mean, what's it been like seeing some of those guys and how they've developed um, when you've been seeing them on the uh, visiting bench when you played them in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I mean, there's they've they've done a great job. I mean, uh, you know, Ben Chirot, Jack Rosovic, they're not with the organization anymore, but these guys too, they play in the NHL. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, like there's, you know, they've done a great job of bringing up uh, young young talent and and producing them into NHL players. And 
you know, some of those relationships are, are important and uh, they carry on today. And I, I quite often tell the story about uh, Jack uh, Rosovic, you know, calling me during the season when I'm working with Anaheim to ask me how he played last night. And unfortunately we had a game too, so I didn't get to watch it, Jack, but uh, you know, like some of the relationships are important and uh, they carry on through a period of time. Um, You know, your work with the Moose as an assistant, your work in Anaheim, how, um, how do you think that's prepared you for this next challenge of your coaching career um, to be the boss and to be the guy with last call on that bench? Well, I, you know what? The one thing that I learned out of uh, the NHL for my, my seasons there was that head coaches in the NHL, um, you know, they're kind of – they don't have a lot of patience for young guys making mistakes. I mean, every point and every game and every period and every shift is so important. So I think the one thing that I did learn that I didn't know previously is probably how prepared – uh, these young players have to be to be able to get ice time in the NHL. Um, all the decisions they make with the puck in certain times of the game and puck protection and just they really need to be prepared to be able to get trust from the head coach in the NHL and get themselves some ice time. Mark Morrison is the new head coach of the Manitoba Moose joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How familiar are you with the roster right now? Are there some uh, particular players you're excited to uh, start working with? And I imagine you were probably quite intrigued as to the draft picks as well, knowing that there's a high likelihood that they'll end up being players for you at some point with the Moose. Yeah, well, we sure hope so. I mean, uh, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot of time to go over the roster, but I have briefly gone over. I started to make some phone calls to some of the defensemen today. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, the draft certainly looked like to me that they went after some skill, um, you know, and Lucius and, and some of the Russians. So I, I feel like uh, there's going to be a lot of skill to work with. And, you know, and the young players like Cole Perfetti and, and that uh, in the American hockey league, uh, there's some skill there too. So Quite excited with uh, all the youth that, that they have. You know, Mark, it's funny. I mean, it inevitably comes up on this program and just in bar top conversations amongst hockey fans in today's day and age with the flat cap, we're talking about young players. Can they play? You know, are they ready? I mean, your what's your philosophy on what players need to accomplish in the American Hockey League? What are the most important things that they can get out of playing at that level? And how important is that to prepare them um, to put their best foot forward when they finally get NHL opportunities? Well, yeah, like, I mean, I think it's it's hugely important that they learn, uh, you know, how to, how to protect the puck in times of games, uh, play with some maturity. Uh, and one of, the, one of the big things I think I learned is uh, it, not only on ice, but being a good teammate is huge for a young guy coming into an NHL locker room. So, uh, you know, you have to be able to fit in. Uh, the guys need to be able to know that they can trust you. And uh, there's a lot of off-ice uh, things that go on there as well as, you know, these young guys grow up and, and, and mature into young men um, that, that can add. But being a good teammate is, is hugely important. And, of course, the on-ice is, you know, learning how to learning how to compete and learning how to protect the puck in, in, in very dangerous zones. It might cost your team a goal again. So, there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, we're looking forward to getting started. That being said, Mark, I mean, it's been fascinating being around the game for so long and seeing how, I mean, a lot of these young men that, you know, that are picked in the draft have sort of been training and behaving almost like professionals for a number of years. I mean, 
from someone, I mean, you you were drafted, played in the National Hockey League, had a you know very extensive international career. When you see these kids showing up for the first time, whether it was at a development camp with the Ducks over the last few years or now going into the Moose, how much more advanced are these young players? And is it significantly different than it might have been coaching them even 10 or 15 years ago? Yeah, you know what, they're... They ask a lot more questions than we did. I think you know they want <laughs> they want answers for everything. Um, so you really need to back yourself up with with everything. They're just a little bit smarter, and you know they're also a lot more skilled. So you know when a player when you when you go to a player and say, "Hey, I didn't like your your last shift," you know you you better be prepared to back that up with why, and maybe you have to show some video of of him doing it wrong. And then maybe some video of him doing it right as well. Like uh, they're always, they're always questioning things and, and which is good, uh, you know, and we were more Adam to just, uh, if the coach told us we had a bad shift. Well, we just shut up and had a bad shift, but uh, yeah, they want to know everything. Uh, Mark Morrison's with this. Mark, I've got to ask you this and this player, I don't think is going to be spending any time with the Manitoba moose. And I know you were in another conference, but uh Brendan Dillon acquired by the Winnipeg Jets last night. I mean, certainly a big piece on the blue line, something that Cheveldale had been trying to get. For for fans that maybe have not seen a lot of Brendan Dillon, when people ask you, what sort of player are the Winnipeg Jets getting in that trade last night? What do you tell them? Uh, you know, I think you're getting somebody that somebody that uh, competes real hard um, and, and plays with a lot of emotion and intensity. And, uh, you know, he's got a physical presence to him as well. And so, yeah, I... Uh, I enjoyed uh, watching him play in, in the West there. He's uh, he is a uh, competitor. Well, and, 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 you know, a player like him, how beneficial can a guy like that be for a young defenseman graduating from the American hockey league and playing? We saw Logan Stanley get his crack last year and played a lot of the season with Dylan DeMello, who, you know, certainly is, you know, by every metric makes his partners better and a real calming influence. How important is that for young players to go in and maybe be put in a situation with a more veteran player that has some experience to give them the best chance to succeed. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge at both levels, uh, the American Hockey League and the NHL. To have mentors beside you that are going to show you the way, that's the best way to teach. Uh, you know, a lot of those young players will uh, they'll take some information from a, a veteran uh, before they will a coach at times. So it's uh, those mentors that you can have on the ice as teammates uh, they're very important uh, just because that's what the young player listens to. They have, they have a lot of respect for them, and they know that that's how they have to learn. Uh, Mark, now, um, I mean, hey, it's a big move. I mean, I know you're familiar with the city and the organization, but you're coming from California. You're in B.C., and you're going to eventually get to Winnipeg. And, you know, we're at the end of July right now with a very, very short summer. What's uh, what's the coach's to-do list over the course of uh, the month of August, both on and off the ice, before you get ready for camp? Yeah. Well, I'm going to find a place to live in Winnipeg, I guess that's, that's important, but no, I just, uh, you know, I'm going through the staff, um, talking to everybody. I'm trying to find out, uh, you know, what they liked about the previous seasons and what they didn't like and trying to contact all the players that, uh, you know, were with the Moose last year and just touch base, uh, introduce myself and, uh, you know, plan to get into uh, into Winnipeg in the next two or three weeks and uh, set up and start be getting familiar with some of the office staff. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do. 
Hey, and uh, one more for you, just on the, the setup here in Winnipeg, and we've talked about this before, and as a former Moose employee, man, I know the challenges that, you know, you uh, have at times if your American League team is far, far away. Um, when you look at the fact that the big club is right down the hall and uh, the organization's all essentially over one building, inside one building, how big is that for the organization, but also for you as the head coach to be so close to the parent club? Yeah, I, it's important. I mean, I think that... Uh, it's important to create those relationships with the, uh, with the Jets staff as well. Uh, we like to try in Winnipeg, uh, play the same systems in the American hockey league as the NHL team does. So if a player gets called up, he's familiar with the system, uh, and the, and the hockey language that they use. So, uh, one of the things that being under the same roof does is, uh, enables American hockey league to uh, mimic the NHL. And, uh, that's very important for the young players. So, it's a, it's a huge advantage. Well, Mark, listen, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, enjoy what uh, what time you have left out in BC because I'm sure it'll be an incredibly busy August. And uh, can't wait to have you back in the program talking about moose hockey and all the uh, Jets prospects that you'll be coaching coming up in a couple months. Yeah, super excited. And uh, thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk soon. There he is, Mark Morrison, new head coach of the Manitoba Moose, joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great stuff with Mark. And uh, and I know uh, so many people in the organization spoke so highly of Mark, obviously spending the last few years in the National Hockey League, but that's sort of an opportunity um, to get behind the bench. And an organization you're familiar with certainly seems like, uh, you know, a great opportunity for Mark to continue his path, uh, you know, as now as a head coach. And of course, the Winnipeg Jets getting a, a guy that they know intimately well um, to continue the uh, the draft and develop model that, um, you know, has uh, continued to bear fruit for the Winnipeg Jets over the last few years. Thanks to Mark for joining us. All right, we're going to get back to all of the uh, news around the National Hockey League. Sean Reynolds coming up in a few minutes to get his thoughts on Stastny re-signing, the Brendan Dillon acquisition, and what this means for tomorrow when it comes to free agency. Uh, before we do that, big shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza with us from day one here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. The patios are open. The lounges are open again. And when you reintroduce yourself to the Wild in Boston Pizza, you'll be checking out an amazing new summer menu, including the Honey Dill Fried Chicken Sandwich. It's got to be a Winnipeg thing, although it's coast to coast now. The Burger Italiano and an incredible collection of cocktails, including the Bulldog Margarita Fish Bowl, the White Sangria Smash, the Peachy Mojito Royale, and the Galaxy Fishbowl. Pop down to Boston Pizza tonight. D- dine in, back open, delivery, takeout, or it's patio season. Maybe you get back on the patio over at BP. Um, we have to say thank you to our friends at, at uh, Little Brown Jug. Now, uh, you're all familiar with the Summer Lager. Incredible. The Hefeweizen Elite And, of course, that's all available in the Summer Variety Pack. Now, you can pick up the Summer Variety Pack. You can grab a case of 1919 and all their other amazing beers at your local beer store. You can also pop down and check them out on William Avenue at the Tap House with the patio. Uh, But you're busy right now. Maybe you want it delivered straight to your home. And celebrating our 100th episode yesterday Dustin and the gang over at Little Brown Jug have been very kind to give us a free delivery code for Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners heading into the long weekend. So any point before July 31st, if you use the promo code WST100, 
You'll get free delivery on any order, minimum $35 order. Um, And of course, if you get that order in by four o'clock, you'll get same day delivery anywhere in the States or anywhere in the States, anywhere in the city, not necessarily in the States. Um, But I I do want to mention as well, pop down and see, I mean, the building they've got on William Avenue is amazing. Uh, It's a great place to enjoy a couple cold 1919s on the patio and uh, follow them on Insta and on Twitter at little Brown jug, because I do know they've got some free live music coming up on the weekend as we uh, kind of get out again. Big thanks to Little Brown Jug. And of course, our friends at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Incredible selection of all sorts of vehicles there at Not, including Winnipeg's best selection of Tesla models for a number of years. And if you have a vehicle right now that you think you might need to get out of, whether you're in a lease or own it, Talk to them about their very successful consignment program. They'll get you set up and hopefully uh, get you max value on your current vehicle while you head into a great new vehicle for you and your family. Not Autocorp, not.ca. They'll also service your vehicle, detailing, and much more. It's all online at not.ca. Go and visit them at Waverly and McGilvery. All right. Sean Reynolds is going to come up in uh, less than 10 minutes right now. I want to get Remus back in here because we had uh, Coach Morrison come on a little bit early. We, of course, started the program with our thoughts on the Dylan trade and the Stastny signing. But holy smokes, there's been a lot going on today. And before we get to the signings, the big news, without a doubt, in the National Hockey League is the trade of Marc-Andre Fleury, the current Vezina Trophy winner to the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, it wasn't quite for no return, but it may as well have been a minor leaguer, Going back the other way, this was simply a salary dump and um, almost unprecedented in league history for a guy to be the best goalie in the league as voted on the year before, traded for almost nothing because of the flat cap in the NHL. Yeah, and I I don't know if that means something's wrong with the way hockey's going. Uh, so I, or maybe it's just because of the pandemic and the salary cap didn't go up, teams weren't prepared. But the number of trades we've seen that are just trading a player for no return. I know there was, ended up, did end up being uh, some some player involved in this trade, but, you know, you're seeing, if you're seeing the Vesna Trophy winner, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, traded for nothing. Usually it was like, you know, you trade some rookie guy. Didn't the Jets famously trade Chris Draper? For a for, buck. For a buck. Like, Thank you, that, Mike Smith. Great you're see, deal. You're seeing Carey Price, I mean, who had an unbelievable, you know, unbelievable players in the expansion draft available for nothing. Not getting picked, uh, not getting picked. I I don't know if it's concerning. I don't know if this is a, a trend or this is a one off, but very weird uh, that you know a guy who had carried Vegas to the Western Conference final or sorry the semifinal. Um, I mean he was amazing and for them for nothing. And I know he had a one year seven and a half million, but uh, that is odd. What's even more odd, Hus, is that um, he found out through Twitter. And Vegas is getting absolutely roasted here, Huss. Players, this isn't the first time it's happened. Um, Nate Schmidt signed the long-term deal, and he was traded last year to Vancouver. Um, It was a trade. I forget who it was. Uh, William Carlson had to tell the player during practice they were traded. There was a thing where Alex Tuck went to get out of the parking lot, and his key card stopped working. So Vegas, we know they want to win. But the way they've uh, treated some of their players who've signed long-term deals, who've been the face of the franchise, um, they're clearly treating it like a business. I know Kelly McCrimmon is speaking it too, but 
it's in a big contrast to what you've seen Paul Stasny say about the Jets organization, how they treated him. And here we are, Paul Stasny resigning uh, for another season. But uh, we'll have way to hear with Vegas' side. But we have heard from Alan Walsh, <laughs> Flurry's agent, on this deal. But Vegas getting, I mean, they tweeted um, a goodbye to Flurry. And the comments, they're getting absolutely ripped. Oh, God. I just pulled that up. I just pulled that here. up before we went on. Oh, I see the Vegas Golden Knights have uh, put out a thank you to Marc-Andre Fleury. Let's face it. First player drafted in their team history. We all know how that first year went. They went all the way to the cup final. Um, You know, they go and get Robin Lehner. And then what does Fleury do this year? Well, he outplays them for the entire season and wins the damn Vesna trophy. And I... None of this, I think, happens if he doesn't have that unfortunate gaffe in Montreal that, in my opinion, completely flipped that series. Um, but it was somewhat surprising. We heard last week that they were talking about potentially trading Robin Lehner, uh, but it ends up being Marc-Andre Fleury. And, like, Lehner's got term. Lehner's at a lower number. Probably makes more sense cap-wise long-term. But I will say this. I mean, Kelly McCrimmon is stone cold. I mean, you know, he makes the he makes the the decisions that he feels he has to do in the best interest of his team. And unfortunately, at times there's some hurt feelings. There has been some hurt feelings before. Um, certainly from the sounds of it, the flurry camp not too pleased. Uh, but I'll say this, Reem. I mean, it's not even sure that Marc Andre Fleury will be playing next year because as Alan Walsh said, um, apparently Fleury has been traded. We found out about it on Twitter. And at this time, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be back with his family, evaluating his future. It has been thrown out that potentially Marc-Andre Fleury could walk away. He's had an incredible career. He's won Stanley Cups. He won a Vesna. There's not really much more for him that he needs to accomplish on what would be a Hall of Fame career, I'd imagine. But um, but the fact of the matter is, the guy's still a hockey player and just had an incredible season and certainly can play at a high level in the National Hockey League. So um, it, it's a fascinating deal in that, you know, we know why it was made. And I guess the other part of it, Reem, is this is another, this is the daily big move from Stan Bowman in what's been a very, very wild few weeks for the Chicago Blackhawks. Very bad off the ice with the investigation that's going on. But it seems like each and every day there's something the Chicago Blackhawks do to at least get us to talk about hockey for a little bit when we're talking about that team. Yes, I mean, it's crazy uh, to go back to Flurry that he would find out like this. But as for Chicago, um, you know, we'll wait and see if Flurry reports. I mean, there was reports going out that he was going to retire if he didn't play for Vegas. Um, he's got one year left. I mean, tough to walk away from seven and a half million dollars. I know he's made a lot of money out of his career, but. I mean, once you're retired, you don't see those kind of paydays uh, again. So, um, you know, Chicago, they're making bold moves. Uh, Seth Jones, you know, then signing him to the long-term deal. for 76 mil. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And, I mean, we can bring up Chicago on on daily faceoff. And now they're in the central. They got Flurry. Um, they, you know, they traded away Duncan Keith. You know, So they're kind of, you know, going through it. We'll see what, if they bring anyone else in. Us, but you know, Chicago, I think they're going to be a bit more competitive. I don't think they're back to being a cup contender, but you know, we thought a couple of years ago they were going through this rebuild and they had these big contracts to Kane and Taves. And I think those guys were kind of annoyed with the way things were going. So they're, I mean, they're giving her, they trade away a lot of futures. They got a Vesna, Vesna it's winning hilarious. goalie. It's hilarious to be, it's hilarious to be annoyed at your team and what they're doing with the salary cap when you and your 
buddy are both making ten and a half million dollars and eating up about thirty percent of the cap. Yeah. But hey, that is listen. No one knew that was going to be the case when they signed those deals. They won the cups. They got their money. Um, but you know, it's been a struggle for the Blackhawks the last few years. But Stan Bowman's been very aggressive. And I mean, again, this all goes back to what's happening with the investigation. But I mean, I, I still am unsure as to how Stan Bowman continues in his role with the Blackhawks long term, um, based on what has been uncovered, um, you know, both from the court documents going forward. So um he's certainly operating as if he's sticking around right now. Not sure whether that is the case. Uh, but if Fleury does report and go to the Blackhawks and play out his contract, uh, it'll certainly be a very, very different Blackhawks team than we last remember struggling in the Central Division now that we get back to normal. Um, some big signings today. Ovi, five years, Reem. I, You know what I took from this? Alex Ovechkin wants to break Wayne Gretzky's record. What did you say? He needs 33 goals a year on yeah. average for the five remaining seasons of this contract to get it done? Yes, uh, yeah, Huss. And I thought maybe he would get a three-year deal. I saw people reporting three years, $10 million. And, I mean, that seems reasonable, I think. But uh, here, we can bring up the list here. For the five years, nine and a half. I mean, he's 35 years old. It's going to take him till age 40. I think it's going to be very tough for him to live up to the last two years of those deals. But this is Alex Ovechkin, an all-time great player, Hall of Fame player. And if he's going to go for the goals record, I think... You know, maybe the la- again, the last two years might might hurt them, but I mean, this is the kind of guy you over overpay for. This is the lifetime contract, so um, I mean, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But you know, he's an elite goal scorer, thirty three goals a season. And here, I'm trying to pull up the uh, the list here of the all time uh, all time goals, but having having some trouble. Oh, here, here we go. You know what? Don't don't even worry about that. Yeah. I can get that. Okay, there we are. We've got yeah. it. But I mean, but yeah, we, I we all know the, the only guy that really matters is the guy right up at the top and that is 99. And um, it seemed like almost in, unrealistic that anyone would ever do it. But Ovi's at least in the conversation. He's going to make nine and a half for the next five years in Washington. The greatest player in Caps history, a Stanley Cup champ and a few more things to get uh, on an individual basis, and that record would certainly be one of them. All right, well, I'll tell you what, Rima, why don't you uh, see if you can get our friend Sean Reynolds up on. We're using a little bit of technology today for our pal Rennie um, because Rennie is going to join us from somewhere out in rural Manitoba where he's enjoying a little bit of time with his family. But with all the big news uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. If you're just tuning in last night, Paul St- from last night, Paul Stastny signing a one-year, $3.75 million extension to stay with the Winnipeg Jets last night. And just shortly after that, it was Brendan Dillon acquired by Dale from the Cavs for two second-round draft picks. Um, so anyways, we're going to get to all that with Rennie right now. If you're with us on YouTube, great crowd today. Uh, do us a favor. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button. We're here every day at one o'clock live on YouTube. Um, and if you're a podcast listener or normally listen on podcast, pump it in Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're at, make sure you're subscribed and join us on a daily basis here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. The other thing you can do if you're with us watching on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button. Always helps us in a big way. Uh, if you're watching on a mobile, you can just close the chat, hit that thumbs up button and get right back in the chat uh but greatly appreciated all the support from everybody and uh as i said it's going to be a big big week tomorrow we'll have lots to get to on of course the first day of free agency 
Uh, but as we'll talk about with Sean Reynolds in a minute, um, you know, a lot of that thunder may have sort of been stolen last night by the acquisition of Brendan Dillon. But uh, let's go out live from uh, family life and a little summer camping. We couldn't be happier to welcome in our pal Sean Reynolds, taking a little bit of time, getting back on the jet speed. Rennie, how's the vacay going? We've missed you. <laughs> it's going great. I miss you too. It's, uh, it's about time we got back to a little bit of this stuff. Uh, I, I know it'll be... It looks busy on TV tomorrow. I don't expect it to be overly busy for the Jets, but uh, they're starting to set the pattern of getting the business taken out, the business taken care of early, and good on them for doing that. I think it's the way to do it. Well, you know, yesterday on the program, um, I was speaking, I guess, with Mike McIntyre, and we were talking. I brought up Paul Stastny, and we were wondering where his situation was at. And, you know, we talked about, or I at least did, how I thought he was such an important piece of this team, both on the ice and off the ice. And, you know, Blake Wheeler as a captain is a hard-driving guy. Paul Stastny at some point seemed to be almost the conscience of the team. Um, to get him back on a one-year deal at less than $4 million, to me, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of people that didn't like this deal, Sean. I know you're a fan of Paul Stastny. What did you think of uh, Chevy getting him inked for one year last night? Well, when you're taking a look at the two sides of things, you know, it's usually like, I want this. You want this. Let's meet in the middle. This deal feels to me like it's everything the Jets could have ever wanted. I mean, the the price is right for what you're getting them for. What do you worry about with a player like Paul Stastny? You worry about at his age, you know, how long he's going to be able to continue playing and contributing the way he's playing. So you get a one-year deal with it, which comes with, you know, as little risk as you can possibly expect. And, and I think the, the importance of making sure that Paul Stastny came back is not just like you were saying about him being the conscious of the team. Uh, it, it's the idea that that they're going to go into this year with Pierre Luc Dubois, and they're going to hopefully they're going to they're going to hopefully get the best version of Pierre Luc Dubois and kind of something better than what they got last year, which they expect that they can get. But the idea of Pierre Luc Dubois, if he's not able to kind of hit the heights that they think that he can hit you need to kind of have a backup and they needed that last year, right? Like they needed Paul Stastny to be able to step into the role that Pierre Dubois was playing at times throughout the season, because he just didn't quite get his feet underneath him in Winnipeg. And so I thought it was important that they bring Paul Stastny back because if it, it, they kind of would have been taking Pierre Dubois and the team and saying, okay, we need our top six to work. We need you to do this. And we're removing the safety net. You're out on the high wire all by yourself without the safety net and bringing in Paul, Paul Stastny or having him back creates that safety net again, where if things aren't going well with Pierre-Luc Dubois, you can put, put Paul Stastny in there and you know that you're going to get a guy who can take care of that second line center position, do it in a defensively conscious way and do it in a way where they, he can still contribute offensively. So I thought it was a massively important uh, move for them to make. And I think it also says a lot, you know, if you're Paul Stastny, I think he took, a team-friendly deal uh, to be in a place where he thinks that they can do something. So that always helps the team as well. The morale of having a player of that caliber who says, I want to be here and I think we can do something. I think it's just an absolutely perfect move by Kevin Chevaldeo. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's important in so many ways. The money makes sense. I think it's a very fair deal. And the fact that it's a one-year deal, I think, is exactly what the Jets were hoping to get done. Not to say that he might not have another year or two with him, and we'll see what the situation is. But to have the certainty for the one year, 
and know you've got flexibility going forward, I think was really important. So an hour later, we find out Brendan Dillon is coming to the Winnipeg Jets. We've talked so much about getting a big, solid, experienced defenseman here in Winnipeg. Might have been preferable to be on the right side, but I haven't seen a lot of people that have been too disappointed with this. What do you think about the acquisition and the price Kevin Sheveldayoff paid to get Dylan here with three more years of term at a contract under four million bucks? Well, I mean, again, you're touching on it, and we're t- you know we're we're talking about you know the price you got to get a guy in, how he's going to fit into the room, the window that you're addressing, and and I mean Kevin Sheveldayoff in his uh, before the draft, we asked him about this. I asked him a question about you know the sense of urgency that they'd maybe be feeling. Cause I thought it was interesting that at the year ender, we kind of had an admission from both Kevin Sheveldayoff and uh, Paul Maurice that the, the, the Jets defense wasn't where it needed to be, that they needed to improve on it. And you know, we, we've known that in the past. We knew that before last year, I think we said going into the off season, they needed to address that. They ended up not really addressing it. And we knew that was a problem. The team is not the kind of, you know, the organization usually doesn't come out and admit that, admit that kind of stuff. So for them to admit it, you knew something was going to happen. And then when you saw these contracts going the way that they're going, Seth Jones and Kale McCarr and all these players, you knew a guy like Dougie Hamilton, like tomorrow that guy is going to get paid big time. And whoever does is probably at the tail end of that deal, not going to be overly happy with that situation or it's going to be problematic. So you're thinking, one, it's hard enough for the Jets to get unrestricted free agents to come here. But two, at the price that you're having to get in, it's going to be really tough. And in the end, the Jets go out and get Brendan Dillon, a guy that they showed interest in in the past, didn't get him to come here. He's got a really good contract number that you bring him in at. And now he fits this window of the next three years that you have Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and Connor Hellebuck, which really I think you have to look at as the year that you know the Jets' best chance to do something special. And you get a player who's three years and fits right into that perfect window. It's just like a seamless move. You're right. The only thing about this that isn't a perfect fit is that he's not a right-handed defenseman, and they need that. So I think it's a huge, huge uh, a move for them to make. But at the same time, I do think this is, this is your replacement for Derek Forbert, right? And this, so you definitely upgraded in this. So you come into next season and it's going to be your upgrade, but if they don't touch on other parts of that defense, and I'm not sure that I expect them to do that much in unrestricted free agency there, it's still basically what you had last year with an upgrade on Derek Forbert. Um, but you know, I, I do think that we're shaping up here with the money that's left to be spent. It's probably earmarked for, you know, Pionk's contract and cops contract, and then to round out the rest of the fourth line and maybe add another, you know, capable body on the bottom, uh, pairing of the Winnipeg Jets defense. But I do think what it does at least do is it allows them with the expected LTIR that you would get from Brian Little to take a really big swing at the trade deadline. Uh, if you feel that the defense that you've put together is doing the job, but if you want to add a really big fish, it gives them the flexibility to do that. I just don't necessarily think that will be taken care of tomorrow or in unrestricted free agency going forward. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess the one other guy they also need to sign is Logan Stanley, who uh, is coming out exactly. of the LC and will need a deal going forward. And I mean, they certainly have the money based on sort of what the projections are, but it does it does change things a little bit for tomorrow, Sean. And I mean, I'm listen, I I think that there's still, everything is on the table because I mean, you could still have further player movement. 
Um, you know, it's not a guarantee that everyone is coming back. We haven't really heard much on the Andrew Kopp situation. We all know that he went to arbitration before, but the plan is I would imagine that they would uh, intend to bring him back. So I, I guess I know you're coming into work tomorrow, but are you expecting it to maybe be a little of a quieter day as opposed to maybe a big impact player on the blue line and uh, maybe tomorrow and the next couple days for Shevel Day Off will be more rolling out and trying to see what value buys are out there to uh, maybe fill some holes towards the bottom of the lineup up front? I fully expect it to be that, the value buy kind of shopping thing, which really, in the end, I think Brendan Dillon kind of was that. And I don't say that in, in a belittling manner. I think he's a great player that they got at a great contract. And that's, I think, what Kevin Sheveldayoff likes. I mean, the way I saw the market going again with the, the, the numbers that we are strung out for defense, and, and, and I do think, you know, uh, he had a great line that I was laughing at about him, you know, going out looking for defensemen and saying, like, you know, kind of, what are you looking for? And his answer was, you know, well, it would sure be nice to go out and get a guy who, you know, like had a phenomenal shot, was six foot five, 200, however many pounds, could move like lightning and could rag all two players at the same time. <laughs> we all know who he's talking about, right? Yeah. We know that the loss, the loss of Dustin Bufflin is something that this team still feels right. And, and that's, that's what you, you know, that's what they lost in a player like that was one of those players that is absolutely, you know, changes the face of the game. And I, I at this stage, Brennan Dillon upgrades and, and uh, Neil Pionk has been great. And he's been advancing and Josh Morrissey does really great things. And I'm expecting him to, you know, especially if DeMello plays on his line this year, or maybe even Pionk moves up alongside him. I expect him to have a year where he takes a step forward, but the Jets do not have one of those guys. Do not have one of those home run hitters on the back end. So in order for them to do that this year, it was going to take a really ridiculous amount of money. We can see where that market has gone, and I don't necessarily think that Kevin Sheveldayoff likes making those moves. The times that we've seen him do it, he has known everything he could possibly know about the player. He made that, he, you know, signed Dustin Bufflin to that kind of contract. He was a guy in the organization. They knew everything they needed to know about him. They signed Blake Wheeler to a contract like that. They knew everything they needed to know about him. Other than that, the rest of the players that they've got under contract have been players that they've got value contracts on. Mark Shifley, I argue, you could argue that he's got the same thing with Kyle Connor, that he's get, he gets value contracts with those guys. Some guys, you just have to pay what the market's going to bear. But uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff does not do that very often. So I don't expect there to be that kind of a swing. If there was going to be, I think it would be for an existing player under contract. And we're at the stage where the only way to get that caliber of a defenseman in Winnipeg is to move a significant asset to the likes of a Kyle Connor or a Nick Ehlers or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I do expect him to be just kind of rounding out the roster. I think he likes paying for what he knows. So I still think they want to bring, you know, I, you know, I expect them to bring the old uh, Pionk back. I expect them to want to try and hammer something out long-term with cop. But other than that, to, to your point, Stanley's got to get under contract. And once you do that, a lot of the money is taken care of other than that LTIR, which they would, uh, you know, want to keep, uh, they want to get close to the cap before they have to deal with that. So, yeah, I, I expect it to be them rounding out the rest of the, the, the roster with either, you know, guys that are like the Trevor Lewis kind of guys, maybe a Thompson kind of signing, although I think Gustafson gets his shot this year. 
I think they start bringing up other guys to fill, plug the holes from within. Time for them to do that in a lot of situations. I don't expect it to be that busy of a day for the Jets tomorrow. They showed last year. I think what happens is they poke around the UFAs. They find out that a lot of them maybe aren't interested in coming. And so they go take care of their business by trade before you know the bell rings. And I think that's what we've seen happen here uh, this year. Sportsnet Sean Reynolds with us live on location today on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, <laughs> Rennie, uh, where do you see the Pionk deal um, fitting in at? Do you think they'll go for term on this one? And uh, what sort of a number do you think um, that they'll end up at? Oh, geez. Uh, it's a tricky one because, I mean, uh, I think we've seen in the past, oh, we saw it with Josh Morrissey. Uh, they're very, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff is really, really good at finding his window and deciding, you know, when it's time to lock down guys for good uh, and what number they want to get them in. And sometimes that can be a contrast. So, I mean, I think their their preference is always to lock down guys long-term if they can't, I think, or if they can, I think that's what they want to do with Neil Pionk. I think in this situation, you're probably seeing that that's what he would want as well. I think he likes it in Winnipeg. I think he likes what he's become in Winnipeg. I think he likes how the organization views him and how he fits into it. So, I mean, I think you're looking at something that's potentially, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of what uh, Josh Morrissey is making. If you want to sign him long-term, if you want to keep him at a lower number, uh, then I think that, that you start getting into that, you know, area of bridge deals and seeing, you know, prove it to us what you can do next year. Uh, but I mean, the, the one thing that I've, I've found uh, with Kevin Shevel Dayoff is when there's an appetite by the player to want to sign something long-term, Kevin Shevel Dayoff usually then finds a really good friendly team number that kind of represents where the player is now and bets on them getting better in the future so that it becomes a value contract. And I think if you were to get something in the neighborhood of what, uh, uh, you know, uh, what Josh Morrissey makes, maybe a little less, I think that would be exactly the kind of contract that uh, the team would be interested in. Uh, and I could see Pionk being interested in that as well. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. I mean, I'm thinking it's probably going to be in excess of five. And yeah, I mean, if there is a long-term deal, I mean, I think you could probably could get a deal that's uh, pretty similar to the, the Josh Morrissey one. Um, for P- Paul Stassi is going to be speaking shortly. We will uh, we'll try and bring some of that to you coming up. But Rennie, before we uh, before sure. we get Stass up, I do want to ask you about the goaltending situation. I mean, listen, it's the Connor Hellebuck show. We know, but the backup goaltending position is important. You've got Eric Comrie. You've got the Birdman in the system right now. But Loren Brassois has been a real solid backup for the Winnipeg Jets. He will see what is out there. Uh, do you think he'll return, or um, will the Jets be shopping for a backup goaltender, or will they consider giving one of the guys in-house a chance if LB leaves? I mean, I think that they've done a really good job developing uh, their guys uh, in-house. So, I mean, I would be comfortable just going that direction. If that's what they were... If that's what they, you know, it came down to. It's funny. I was on the phone. I was talking with uh, one of our national producers right before you called. And that was the conversation that we were having that, you know, boy, oh boy, did this uh, defense market ever blow up. And there was a suggestion that that may be what we could expect to happen with the backup goaltender market tomorrow, that it may be prices that, you know, it's never going to be insane prices, 
uh, or, or it potentially could. I mean, Jake Allen sure got a good number to be the backup goaltender in Montreal. Uh, and I think because of that, there's people thinking that the, you know, backup goalies are going to get paid this year. And again, I think what the one thing I've always found very interesting about Kevin Shovel Day off is when the prices get crazy out there, you always think, well, he's going to have to pay those prices. And I don't really think there's very many times that he has paid those prices because he's one of those guys who just says, no, I'm going to wait for the right fit at the right time at the right money. So I'll say this, if the goaltending market does what some people think it's going to do tomorrow and that is blow up, I think there's a good chance we could see the Jets uh, try and solve that problem from within the organization. Uh, Sean Reynolds with us uh, here. Um, uh, hey, quickly, um, uh, what do you think of Mark Andre Fleury getting dealt to Chicago and finding about it on Twitter? Oh boy! I mean, uh, Alan Wallace has made made a point of tearing into the Vegas Golden Knights every chance he's had when it relates to his client Mark Andre Fleury. And I guess you got it. Had to think that was how it was going to end eventually. Uh, I don't know. It seemed a little strange. Uh, to do that, a guy who had meant so much to the organization, uh, it's kind of haunting that that uh, the the way that he put it that Mark Andre Fleury is going to talk to his family. You and I were talking about it there. Like, does that mean that he's thinking retirement? I would think that Mark Andre Fleury, uh, you know, for a guy who's had the experience he's had, I mean, you know, he's got his cups behind him. He's playing with house money. Next year, if he wants to go, because he's got. You know, a $7 million contract. If you're looking for experiences, playing in Chicago would be an interesting experience. Great hockey town, great hockey building. Um, having been, you know, part of Team Canada for so many years, having the opportunity to play with a player like Jonathan Taze, who looks like he's coming back this year, would be a great experience if you were a goaltender like Mark andre Fleury. And to be honest, he's exactly what that team has needed or definitely needed this last year. And, it, you know, th- if you're looking for that team and you're thinking we can score goals, they've shown time and time again that you're only going to get if Jonathan Hayes comes back. They've added Seth Jones, so they think that they've at least added a horse they feel like is going to be able to help them on defense. If they can add a horse on defense and then on top of that add in a goaltender with the potential to steal games like Marc-Andre Fleury has done, it's, to me, the most direct route for that Chicago team to try and turn things around and interesting, you know, for the Jets to look around the central division and see that there's being a strong push made in a lot of different directions. could be tricky to make the playoffs next year. The Jets are going to have to put their best foot forward. Sean, uh, before we go, um, you're coming in for the day, leaving the fam. Um, what, (laughs) well, what do you have coming up? I imagine reports on Sportsnet throughout the day and uh, following all the action, uh, where will people be able to see you? Well, that's where you'll be able to see us doing the TV. Uh, Kenny and I have been itching to fire up the Kenny and Rennie machine, which we, you know, kind of put on under the tarp for just a couple of weeks here, but we're, we're dying to get back at it. So uh, I got to talk to Kenny. We got to figure it out, but at some point tomorrow, we want to put something together, have a little bit of a chat uh, with, uh, with some of the people out there on YouTube, Twitter, and whoever wants to come join us. So uh, I don't have anything specific for you. Probably should have talked to him, uh, I got something hammered now, but let the vacation get away from us here. But yeah. We'll put it this way. You let us know. You know where we'll be at one till about three. So if you guys want to jump on afterwards, we'll send everybody your way. And otherwise, if you're going to do something in the evening, 
make sure to let us know. We'll let the uh, we'll let the whole uh, sports uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk crew know. Randy, get back to the beach, pal. Thanks for doing this. We'll catch up soon. Okay, I never left the beach. Thanks for thanks for having me on. <laughs> <Talk> <laughs> right on. Thanks, pal. There he is, Sean Reynolds. Um, all right, so we just finished up with Randy talking about the Dylan trade and Paul Stastny's re-signing, and it sounds like Paul Stastny is meeting the media right now. So uh, let's see if we can get there and hear from uh, Polly Walnuts, who's back with the Winnipeg Jets. Volumes of, you know, from ownership to management to the coaching staff, the players are there, and then there's a, you know, there's a belief that, a good team that's got a lot of potential i think paul does a good job of kind of kind of getting the best of of everyone different combinations and what's best for a team and uh you know i'm comfortable playing wing i'm you know i think i'm better center than i am wing but at the same time there's certain players that if they're not as comfortable as wing then you know we can adapt to that i've, I've said it before i think when you're playing with good players when um you have different line combinations things get stagnant throughout the season so you got to be ready for anything and uh like I said, like when you're playing with some of those guys, you're enjoying it and you're just getting better and you're constantly learning and kind of just evolving as a player. So it's been it's been fun. I think there's pros and cons to playing center, there's pros and cons playing wing. Um, but I think they, you know, everything kind of outweighs the cons, and I think it's it's a good situation to be in. And you know, when you have a coach like Paul who understands my game and knows me, and, and you know, you have constant feedback, it's you know, it's good for me just to bounce ideas off him or vice versa. And I feel like we both kind of we can think out there together and find what's best for me or what's best for a team or what's best for different guys. Cause um, throughout the season, different guys, you know, goes through up and downs and it's, you know, dealing with a 23 year old compared to a 30 year old, 35 year old, everyone's a little different, you know? And so I'll try to make it as easy as possible for them. Cause sometimes you got to get the best of different players, especially some of the, you know, high scoring players on a team. And um, you know, I'm all for, for doing things like that and helping the team win. Go next to Gemma Kirsten Smith from the Canadian Press. Go ahead, Gemma. Hi, Paul. You talked a little bit about the potential of this team. Where where do you kind of see the ceiling being for next season? Yeah, I man. I think every year, um, you know, the ceiling's obviously always to win to win the Stanley Cup. But um, I think kind of look at what you have there, and I think you know what you have in the net. I think you know what you have up front, the back end, and I think added adding uh, Dylan yesterday. Yesterday was a big piece. I think, um, you know, he has that sandpaper, that toughness. He's a good player. He can skate. He can make plays, you know. And, you know, I think I've said before, I think that everyone thinks they're like one or two pieces away. But, you know, when you have a goalie like Bucky and then you have the offensive firepower, and, you know, some of the dynamic defensemen, I mean, you're right there. And there's no perfect situation. There's no perfect team. And I think that, that just shows you. That's the NHL these days, right? There's 20 Jesus, probably like 22 or 23 teams. I think they're going to win the cup every year at the start of the year, maybe more. Um, but that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it competitive. That's what makes every game uh, so impactful. And uh, You see the drive and the hunger through the guys, and I think that makes a big difference too. I think sometimes you look at teams on paper, but you don't really know the identity or the character of those players. But then when you're around these guys, you realize um, how bad they want to win. And, you know, they were there a couple of years ago, and they might have taken a step back because they had um, – so many losses on the back end just through unfortunate, unseen events. But, you know, what happened last year, you kind of get a taste of what the potential could be, and you want to keep building on that. We'll go next to Kelly Moore from 680 CGOB. Go ahead, Kelly. 
Thank you, Gregor. Uh, good afternoon, Paul, and so happy that you're back. Uh, we hear it every time we talk to you on these Zoom call avails. Your teammates and your coaches talk about how you are the guy every teammate loves to talk to. How how much of that do you see yourself becoming even more involved in? And, and I guess maybe as a role model for the younger guys on this hockey club, is is that something you take very seriously? Um, I, I don't think it's serious. I think it just kind of comes with age. I think it's just my personality. Uh, I think when I was younger, you know, I had the likes of uh, Sackick and Brunette and Foot and LaPerrier and Turgeon. Um a lot of different guys that I kind of looked up to that whether I looked up to them because they played with my dad or I looked up to them because they were in the league for such a long time and I have high respect and always appreciate what they did on the ice and I think how they presented themselves and carried themselves off the ice. And there's always, uh, I was always kind of a sponge. I've always been a, a probably better listener than I am a talker. Um, and I feel like when I have to say something, it's important. And I won't say it if I never learned from it or if someone else didn't teach me. And I feel like as you get older, you get more experience, you get more wisdom, and you try to help out the younger guys because I was not, I was always fortunate. I, I really appreciate it now, but I think when I was younger, I didn't realize it, to have my dad, to have someone that played the game, to have someone that was successful and, you know, the obstacles on the ice and the obstacles off the ice and how he carried himself, and I got to learn from that all the time. And now I'm really appreciating it because I realized a lot of these young guys, um, it's a whole different world, and they, you know, they don't have anyone to lean on. So if I can help them guide them a little bit um i try to help them as much as i can and just life lessons right like little things that they're going to carry for the rest of their lives not just in hockey but you know you learn so much from hockey that kind of applies to real world and i just try to get my two cents and get my input especially if guys are willing to learn or willing to ask go next to ted wyman from the winnipeg sun go ahead ted thanks hey paul congratulations on re-signing um you know you talked a little bit about the last season and there was a lot of up and downs in that season you know even in the playoffs a lot of up and downs what was most encouraging about the whole season in playoffs about this team in your mind uh just the camaraderie i think the no quit i think yeah there's up and downs um i think i think playing in a bubble playing the same teams over and over again you're gonna have that um we're pretty consistent all year and then at the end of the year there we kind of had a had a little lull but i think we it was good. It was good to see that the message that Paul kept sending, um, whether it was going to work or not, and if guys would buy into that. And you saw that, like once the playoffs hit, and I think um, things got a little stagnant a little bit because you already kind of clinched. You knew you probably weren't going to move, in, you know, a spot up or down. And so those when we went through that tough streak, uh, I think we learned a lot from ourselves. I know what happened against Edmonton, you know, showed us that you know if we buy in the system, if we play that team game. You know, we can beat anybody. But then I think you learn a lot against swept by Montreal, too, because we probably shouldn't have swept them in 10, and then Montreal probably shouldn't have swept us, you know. But I think you learn a lot of those things. And um, it's always, you know, even I played this my well, I finished my 15th year. I don't know. But I keep learning every time, too. And it's every team, every kind of opportunity, every challenge is a little different, and you kind of get something out of it. And I think whether it's older guys or younger guys, uh, you grow from those experiences. And, when you can keep that core intact, a lot of those same players, I think everyone remembers their success and kind of has that better taste of the defeat and kind of motivates them to bring more to the table and realize uh, what we can do as a team to, to win, whether we're playing against, you know, a defensive team or a high-flying offensive team. Go next to Murata Tesh from The Athletic. Go ahead, Murata. 
Thanks, Gregor. Uh, Paul, congrats on the contract and the return. Um, just for me, you were talking about, and when we ask you about this all the time, people leaning on you at this stage of your career. Um, who are you leaning on? And, and I know that you talked about the importance of family, the importance of fit, you know, back when we were asking you this stuff before, but who are you leaning on in terms of making these decisions and, and what advice are you reaching out and getting? Yeah, um, you know, my dad's always kind of been kind of my closest uh, mentor and advisor when it comes to stuff like this. I think when it comes to uh, decisions like this, it's, you know, my dad, my agent, you know, I've known him for 25 years. He worked with my dad. So I, you know, he's almost family to us. And it's always nice to have a couple of bounce boards. You know, sometimes I get emotional. They're the, you know, they're the rational ones. And so sometimes it's good to get the perspective. Um, when it comes to decision-making like this, I think during the season for me, I'll lean on, like I said, usually it's always my dad. And then sometimes it's, you know, it's a guy like Alex Dean, who I'm, you know, probably best friends with, who we're the same age, we're both similar boats and we both kind of gone through similar things. So sometimes it's just nice to talk to somebody else. But um, yeah, like I said, I've been fortunate. I have good people around me. Uh, I have good relationships around me. And sometimes, uh, and then sometimes it's my wife, actually. She actually does a good job of kind of letting me focus less on hockey, not take it so serious. Because sometimes you get too stressed, just trying to do too much. And I think the, the harder you try at something and the more you focus on it, sometimes it could be bad for you. And she does good. She always kind of gives me a good perspective of having you know, balance in my life with family, with the kids, um, with playing hockey, with taking care of yourself, but also enjoying, you know, what you're doing and enjoying kind of the present and where we are now. Go next to Carter Brooks from Game On. Go ahead, Carter. Hey, Paul, congrats on the deal. Just kind of following up on what Marat was asking here. I know in the past you've talked about the importance of Haley and Draper and Riley and how, your family connection, thousandth game, having them pulled from their classes in advance so they could prepare for this. How much of this contract is more about them rather than yourself? Uh, I mean, everything I do, it's it's always kind of a kind of a we process, you know. So I've never done anything selfishly for myself. That's, I mean, that's just not the way I am. And, and so every time I always kind of make a decision, I always have that in the back of my mind, uh, whether it's before we had kids and now we have kids. So to me, I also wanted to go, like I said, I think when you get to my age and, and you're kind of looking at potential places you could play or what could be an ideal fit as much as it is hockey, you know, part of it is also, you know, I want my family to be comfortable. And I think Winnipeg has done a great job of making them feel at home. And then I think having, uh, you know, Blake and Sam there and kids have the same age as my kids. I think that, you know, that's a big bonus there. And I think, um, it's easier for her to hang out with, you know, other wives that have kids than it is to hang out with some of these um, younger fiancés or girlfriends or 20, 23, 24. It's just, you know, it is, it's just, it's a different stage in your life. And so I think that made it easier for her. And, you know, in the end, I think she's always been about, you know, whatever is good for me, she's happy. She always goes along with the ride with it. And I've always been the other way where I want her to be happy. And I think that's why we have a good balance with each other. Next to Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Go ahead, Weaver. Well, uh, you touched on Brennan Dillon earlier. You would have played against him a lot back in your St. Louis days when he was in Dallas and also obviously in the Pacific Division. Uh, what's it like to see his growth as a player and what does it mean uh, for your group to bring him in uh, for next season and beyond? Yeah, I think it means a lot. I think, like I said, um, I feel like his offensive game has grown a lot in the last three or four years. The skating is, is 
puck making ability, whether it's, you know, kind of getting out of a breakout or leading the breakout, you know, make that first pass or jump into the play. And I think early in his career, I think he was more, uh, I don't want to say stay at home, but I think his game's evolved a little bit. And I think he does play with that edge. He does play with that nastiness a little bit. And I think that's big. I think uh, you need a combination, right? You could have those skilled guys, but you also need those guys that are tough to play against. They're annoying to play against. And I think he brings that. And I think that's a big element of, of I was texting wheels that, well, I'm really excited that um, they're not opportunity to bring him in. Go back to Kelly Moore from CJOB. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, Paul, just uh, hearing you talk about your family uh, and that sort of thing, and I don't know where you're joining us from right now, uh, but in Manitoba and Canada in general, the needle's moving pretty good COVID-wise. So for this coming season, and, and we heard many stories about how the families really had to struggle last year, how much more from a family perspective are you looking forward uh, to this year maybe being a little bit closer to normal? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing was uh, just travel, you know, because sometimes we're at, I mean, we're at town for a while. Sometimes, especially last year, you couldn't, things were shut down. So I think sometimes it's nice for, like, for example, this year, I think Thanksgiving, we're out of town. I think we're on the road for like before and after. And I know, uh, and my wife's close with her, you know, she's a family person too, the way I am. So I know her and the kids. You know, probably almost guaranteed we'll be flying back home to see her parents, you know. And so it's stuff like that that makes it easier. And I think we've always been like that where if we've had road trips, you know, they're always, whether they're doing little trips, even if it's just going skiing somewhere, you know, going to Whistler or Banff or something that they want to do this year or this past year, but they couldn't because last minute everything kind of changed with the quarantine. I think stuff like that, that like that's a part you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you, you have a feeling if you kind of look down the road that things – you know, we'll slowly get better every time. I think last year was just so unique and, and unpredictable. Um, I mean, if, if it does happen, it does happen. I think, you know, you can get through it. If you got through it last year, I think you get through anything. So I think for that that part, I think uh, I think I'm, I'm excited for the future holds. I'm not too worried about the situation that's going on now. I think, you know, you might see the worst stuff on the news kind of daily, but um from where it was to where it's now to where it's going to be in two or three months and so forth. I think, like you said, things are always kind of slowly moving back to normal. And I think that's, that's a big difference for, for the whole world, for society itself. And final question to Carter Brooks from Game On. Go ahead, Carter. Hi again, Paul. Just uh, jumping back to the acquisition of Brendan Dillon last night. Uh, is the clear-cut leader with games played in terms of postseason experience, you on the team right now, what does it mean to have a new second-place guy based on uh, current players under contract and playoff games experience and how much important that is for the Jets going forward? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he knows how to play his game. I think his, his game is suited perfectly for playoffs. Um, He's been on good teams, whether it's Dallas or San Jose or, or Washington. Um, so he knows what it takes, and, and, you know, he wants to win too. And I think once you've been in playoffs so many times, you kind of have to taste the success a little bit, whether you've gone far, whether you've lost, whether you won or whether you haven't. You know, you just want to be back there. But you realize every year is a new year how hard it is from the start of the season. And um, having that experience, you realize you, you never get complacent. You never want to get used to making playoffs because everyone's been on teams – well, not, not everyone, but most of the guys have been on teams where everything went great one year and then everyone relaxed thinking, you know, everything was automatic for next year and all of a sudden they had a bad year and you just realized you don't want to waste a year like that. And having older guys, having guys that have had that success, 
um, you don't take anything for granted. I think uh, that's kind of a message everyone kind of says around the league. Um, but it's just, you just don't know. There's so many unpredictabilities, whether it's injuries or, you know, having an off year. And you realize kind of that your time in this league is precious. It goes by quick, so you want to enjoy it. But at the same time, uh, you want to leave it all on the ice and never kind of, never have any regrets about, you know, not training too hard or, or worrying about something else when, you know, this only happens for a short kind of time span in our life. So I think having him there with so many games played, um, you know, it just brings more hunger to the team and more success and, and more motivation for everybody. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks for doing this. All right, no problem. Signed with the Winnipeg Jets. Seems pretty excited about coming back. And uh, folks, if there's one thing to be to take from all of that, happy wife, happy life. And uh, it seems like Winnipeg's been a great fit for the Stasley family with where they're at, the age of their kids, the connections with the Wheelers and whatnot. And uh, I can tell you most hockey fans very, very pleased that um, Paul Stastny's back for another year with the Winnipeg Jets. All right, coming up in just a second, we are going to get ready for the fish to return to Winnipeg. Before that, do you want to give a big thanks to our friends at Breezy Bend? We do our golf reports for Breezy Bend. For the last little while, we've been talking about Braxton Coots winning the junior, winning the AM, winning the club championship. This week, though, we get ready for Olympic golf. It tees off on Wednesday. No Bryson DeChambeau, no John Rahm. Apparently, they got COVID. Many people speculating that maybe they just didn't want to deal with Olympic drug testing. I won't speculate on that. I'll just say it's too bad those guys aren't playing. Be funny to see Patrick Reed go in. Uh, but when we're talking about golfing on a local level, I don't think there's a better spot for you and your family than Breezy Bend. If you're thinking about a place with a great junior program, ladies program, beautiful course, awesome patio, wonderful hospitality, Breezy's the place to be. Give Corey Johnson a call and get the family on the waiting list for the 2022 season. You can also find out more at breezybend.ca. Um, big shout out to our friends at Assiniboia Downs. And, and my friend Mike Wynn, the wind dog is always everywhere. Of course, he was there for the first night of live racing last night with fans. Beautiful, beautiful night. They're back at it tonight. Back at it tomorrow. Manitoba Derby coming up on Monday. We'll have much more on Friday's show on the Manitoba Derby. But right now, if you're double vaxxed, you can head down and take in the track tonight. They got the food truck set up. Uh, just great to be back at the track. Can't wait to get out there myself. This week, a little tough doing these Sportsnet shows after the show, but guarantee you next week we'll be back out at the track, and Remus and I will make our picks a little bit later on before the end of the program. As well, a big thanks to our friends at Aikens Lake. Um, many of your regular listeners saw what a great time we had a couple weeks ago out there. Um, world-class fly-in fishing lodge. You're going to be on the water in two hours from the perimeter here in Winnipeg. Find out more online at akinslake.com or hit them up on Twitter. Our good friend Pitt Turen will be happy to help you out at Akins Lake on Twitter. All right, we'll get to cool bet lines a little bit later on, but the gold eyes are coming back. Uh, it has been two years, basically, since the Winnipeg gold eyes played at Shaw Park. Baseball fans cannot wait to see the fish and the boys of summer return. And we're going to have Andrew Collier come on in just a minute. Um, but before we do that, 
the gold eyes uh if you haven't seen this already we wanted to fire this up for everyone that's watching live on uh, live with us on youtube uh as well uh gold eyes have put together a video you can see it on their site or on twitter celebrating the return of baseball to Winnipeg. And uh, we'll get Remus to fire that up. We'll play that for you and then bring in the general manager who's back at HQ working from an office for the first time in a while. And I imagine everyone on the Goldeye staff has a lot to do to get ready for next week. Um, So as soon as we've got it, here it is, folks. Check this out and then we'll bring in general manager Andrew Collier here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm fired up, and I know our next guest is as well. It's been a long time coming to finally have this discussion on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's welcome in our pal, the cash man himself, Andrew Collier, GM of the Gold Eyes, who are coming home next week to Shaw Park. Andrew, how are you? That was a great video. I'm fired up. The chat's losing it. Everyone wants to get back to the ballpark. We're finally just about here. Yeah, we're pumped. It's... Uh... 701 days. That's the number of days between home games. It's just absolutely ridiculous, but uh, just fired up. I've, I've talked to you a number of times in the last couple of years, and you you know how excited I am. Well, absolutely. And I know how tough this was for you and so many people that make up the Gold Eyes organization. We focus on the players and the coaches, and we know they kind of come in, play for a few months and leave. But um, you know, like so many businesses, I mean, especially in the hospitality entertainment businesses, it's been really tough. And uh, it sounds like we've got through it. And uh, man, what a month of August coming up, Andrew. You're going to bring the boys back. And it's not just for a couple stands. I mean, we've got 19 games over the month of uh, August. Uh, the schedule, I don't think, could have worked out any more perfectly for Winnipeg fans that have been dying to get back to the park. Yeah, it's great. 19 games, and they're well spread out. So we have six, and we go on the road for six, come home for six on the road, and then finish out the season with seven games. And I'm pretty sure almost all of our games are against division rivals. We're we're seven games out of a playoff spot. So we've got it in our hands. If, If we play well, we can see some playoff baseball here in September. All right, let's uh, quickly get to the important 411 for Winnipeg fans, what they need to know. Um, home opener is next Tuesday, August 3rd. Um, we want to pack the place to welcome the team back. And so many of these guys that have never even been to Winnipeg before. Um, but for the average fan, what do they need to know about attending a Gold Eye game, vaccinations, tickets, all of that, Andrew? Roll it out for us. Everything they need to know is at goldeyes.com. Yeah, fully vaccinated. Uh, just digital tickets only, no paper tickets this year. So they go to ticketmaster.ca, buy their tickets, they have them on their phone, and they show up, have that QR code, the immunization QR code ready to go, or their card. Um, they'll scan their ticket, scan their card, check their ID, and in they go. Masks are recommended um, on the concourse and when you're seat, sitting. But if you're having something to eat or drink, obviously you don't need it. But Craft Beer Corner is uh, fired up. I moved the draft units in there myself this morning, put the kegs in. BDL was the first delivery this morning, Brewers Distributor. So we've got beer that uh, I know that for sure. We'll be, uh, we'll be ready to go on August 3rd. Yeah, I, I imagine with everything happening so quickly, um, uh, you're going to have full concessions. I mean, are food and drink going to basically be operating as we would remember before? Or will that be changed at all? 
I would say about 80% of, of the kiosks will be open. There, there are some that just couldn't get it going quick enough with two weeks notice, which is understandable. But for the most part, Goldie's Grill with hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, like I said, craft beer corner, um, pop, you name it, popcorn, the usual good ballpark stuff will be uh, will be available come next Tuesday night. Well, we'll have to get the skipper on at some point over the next few weeks. It's been a while since we talked to Rick Forney, but um, uh, I, I, like, how did everything go in Tennessee, and what's been the reaction of uh, all the uh, the club and the guys that haven't been here before um, to finally get back and play a legitimate home game here in Peg City? No, Jackson was great. They uh, they looked after us. It was it was a place to play. We didn't have a home, and and they welcomed us in. It it wasn't our home, but but they they treated us very well while we were down there. But based on the messages, I've got text messages, phone calls, messages on social media. Our players, the guys that have played here before, have told everybody on the team what a great place this is to be. Shaw Park, Winnipeg. So the guys are pumped. You saw in that video, it, it didn't take much convincing to get those guys to do the uh, do the uh, the video for us. They're uh, they're pumped to get back up here. They still got some. They have to do all the arrive can and testing before they get here, and and a test on arrival. And but they're all fully vaccinated. All our team is. The visiting teams will all be. The umpires are. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's all come together quickly, and it's going to be a busy week for Rick and our training staff getting everybody what they need to cross the border next Monday morning. Well, uh, I mean, listen, it's just so exciting, and I, I've been talking, I guess, off-air to friends about, I mean, just what a special week next week is going to be. And, you know, if you're a sports fan that has been, like, everyone sitting, watching stuff on television, not able to do anything, you'll be able to go to the Manitoba Derby on Monday, You'll be able to go to the Gold Eyes home opener on Tuesday. Hell, you can back-to-back it and go see the fish again on Wednesday, take a day off the ballpark, go to the Bomber opener on Thursday and raise that Great Cup banner and hopefully keep that right through the month of August. It's amazing how, Andrew, we're basically, and especially for you and your staff and everyone at the ballpark, pretty much going from 0 to 60 immediately once we get out of this long weekend. Yeah, it's basically six months of planning in two weeks, but uh, the staff here are awesome. And when you talk about next week, August 5th, we have a noon game. Oh. So you come to the ballpark at noon. Oh, yeah, we changed the game time from an evening game to noon. Smart. Go to the ballpark at noon, have a good afternoon, maybe catch a little nap, catch an Uber or a taxi <laughs> down to uh, IGF and keep the party rolling. Oh man, this is great. I am listen, I think any fan here um is is excited just for the ability to to do this and get back to it. And that that game, I mean, we've been talking a lot, not knowing what was gonna happen with the gold eyes about what a special night it'll be at IG Field, coming off a championship, finally being able to welcome the bombers back. But I mean, having been, you know, uh, you know, friends with you and being to so many games over so many years. It'll be a similar thing on Tuesday, I think, for Goldice fans. I mean, there's an incredible connection between fans of the fish to the organization and the team, even though the players have changed so much. And um, I imagine just for you, for everyone going through what we've been, that is going to be a real special day that much like Thursday, listen, the game's going to be great. The score will be what it is, but it's so much more than 
nine innings of baseball and a final score. It's about getting back to doing the things that we love. And I know for the sports community here in Winnipeg, Gold Ice Baseball is a big, big part of that every summer. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an emotional moment next Tuesday when we see the guys run on the field. It's gonna be so great and to be able to have 19 home games and and next Thursday, next Thursday is huge. I'm just I'm so happy the Bombers are able to finally raise that banner after waiting two years to do it. it uh, like you said, you you and I are friends. We've got lots of friends at the Bombers. We're just so happy for them as well. And uh, yeah, this uh, month of August and September is going to be a lot of fun. Game on next week for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes on the third. So I guess uh, I guess you're not taking off for August long weekend uh, off work. Uh, kind of might be a little busy for you and the staff over the next week. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be busy, but it's gonna be a lot of fun because we're all working towards Tuesday, and and it'll all be worth it when uh, we open those gates at five thirty on Tuesday and see people come in with the smiles on their face and see friends that we haven't seen since uh, September of 2019. A lot of ticket holders are my friends. I've been around so long. I, I, I know a lot of the, the fans that come out, so it's going to be a homecoming. Well, listen, pal, I can't wait to get out there. I know so many of our, uh, of our listeners and uh, viewers here on YouTube are uh, thinking the same thing. And, you know, we'll get through this first wild week, but we'll have to have a, a conversation off air and maybe uh, get something together for the Winnipeg sports talk crew out at the ballpark before we are, before we are finished. Um, are you guys doing group tickets as well? We are. We're, we're just trying to figure that out because of the uh, digital ticketing. Um, so more information on that to come on how those tickets can be transferred and, and distributed, but yeah, we'll have more information on that to come. With it being so late, I mean, normally with the season, you're spending the entire off season selling season tickets and selling mini packs. And mini packs have been a huge part of what you guys have done really from day one. Is there enough time to do that? Or is it basically individual tickets for the rest of this season and hopefully get back to normal with a full season for 2022? Well, as soon as we got the official word that we were coming back, um, our box office staff's been hard at work contacting all season ticket holders saying, hey, you've got your seat for the remaining 19 games. If you don't feel comfortable, that's cool. We'll we'll hold your seat for next year. Mini pack holders, same thing. Because we won't have mini packs, it's basically how many games do you want to come to and where do you want to sit? And then individual tickets went on sale at 9 o'clock this morning. And, yeah, hopefully everybody who wants to come will be there August 3rd or any of the 19 games we'll have. Well, I saw a number of tweets. People are already getting their hands on tickets for next Tuesday. Right now, simply go to, I mean, you can go to goldeyes.com, uh, click on the link. It'll take you right there. But basically, Ticketmaster, Tuesday, August 3rd, game number one. And I love the fact that you guys have changed the Thursday game. I mean, you know how long we've been waiting for a game? Never mind a double header of the Fish and the Bombers in one day. If I wasn't working that day, I'd be doing both. I think I think you should ask your boss for the day off. <laughs> I think I know a guy. <laughs> no, the changing that game time was a no-brainer. There was uh, absolutely no reason to have a game that night when when what's going on at IGF for sure. Well, listen, um, it, it, listen. I, all I can say is this: I know how hard this has been for you and everybody there, and. Um, Listen, it's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of work that's gone into it behind the scenes. I know you and the staff will be ready. And uh, 
We're also really excited to see uh, who Rick's bringing across the border because, I mean, as usual with independent baseball, um, even the most loyal, hardcore Goldeyes fans uh, are going to be seeing a lot of new, exciting players when uh, they show up at the ballpark next week. For sure. Fans will remember Wes Darville, of course. He's He's got that shortstop spot locked down. Kyle Martin was only here for the, the second half of 2019, but all he's done is mash since since last year and this year. He's just uh, playing really good ball, and I, I think the fans will enjoy the rest of the team that Rick's put together. Andrew, great stuff. Listen, thanks so much for doing this. Just so happy for you and everyone over there at the organization. And uh, I can tell you, my friend, the countdown is on. I will be seeing you in person very soon, and I may have to meet you out there in left field at Craft Beer Corner for a couple cold ones and uh, hopefully a few bombs going over our head at those things in left field. Sounds great. And I think a Sports Talk Daily meetup at Craft Beer Corner on one of these night games is in order. That is exactly what I'm talking about. We'll uh, we'll work things out offline and let people know in the next week or so. Definitely want to do that before the end of the season. Cash, all the best, man. I know you got lots of work to do. Good luck heading into next Tuesday and can't wait to see Rick and the boys this summer back at the ballpark. Thanks, Huss. Thanks, Remus. See you soon. <laughs> right on. There he is, Andrew Collier, General Manager of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. You can uh, just go to goldeyes.com. All the information's there. If you need more details on what you need, essentially, it's pretty simple. It's not a lot different than a Valor game or a Bomber game. Get your card, QR code, your actual card, show your ID. Boom, you're in. And we're back to doing what we love. That's watching live sports here in Winnipeg. All right, let's get Remus back in here. We do have some things to do. Uh, Remo, by the way, I mean, we've been talking to people for the last little while. Is there any more breaking news that we've missed over the course of the last hour? It seems like it's kind of coming fast and furious over the last little while. That was a busy, uh, busy stretch there. We're doing a lot (laughs) of stuff uh, on this end that I've never done before. You know, phoning, uh, doing a phone interview and having that all set up, playing those uh, press conference and the video. I've been busy. I've been busy here. Um, I haven't had a chance. I did see, actually, there was some news, Huss. Uh, Frank Saravalli's on it, tweeting that Carolina is closing in on an agreement with UFA defenseman Tony D'Angelo. So uh, I did put huh. that in the chat. That was an hour ago. We did have the Kelly uh, McCrimmon, uh, Kelly McCrimmon press conference. Again, I was working stuff from here. But um, he was addressing the Marc-Andre Fleury trade. A lot of people are mad online about it. uh, Well, people love Fleury. And you know what? Mm. Golden Knights fans love Fleury. I mean, he is a legend with that organization. I I think everybody thought that, you know, when he wasn't dealt after last year, that, you know, and he didn't want to go anywhere, um, that, you know, he'd be finishing his career in Vegas. And, you know, for him to reportedly find out over social media, eh, kind of a tough look for Vegas, I will say that, and a guy that probably deserved better. Um, but at the end of the day, the guy's the Vezina Trophy winner, and they're trading for nothing. I mean, no kidding, people are mad online. If you're a Vegas Golden Knight fan that has loved Marc-Andre Fleury, respects what he's done for the organization, and the way he played last year, it's not a great day. But again, when you're as aggressive as the Vegas Golden Knights have been in so many different ways... Um, and it's a flat cap coming out of pandemic. You got to make some real tough decisions. I can't imagine a tougher decision though for George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, even Bill Foley, right up to the top. 
to move on. But I think they're showing they're about as cutthroat an organization as we've got in the National Hockey League. And listen, when everyone wants to play there and everyone seemingly wants to sign there, you do that with a little bit of a risk. At some point, they may have to make a move. And it can happen to anyone if it can happen to Marc-Andre Fleury, the first player ever drafted in the expansion draft to the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, the guy that has been their rock really since they became into the league. Yeah, he's been uh, the guy that the face of the franchise. And we kind of wondered who would the face of the franchise be for Seattle. I don't know if they have, I mean, probably Mark Giordano, I think is likely candidate, but he's no Marc-Andre Fleury uh, at this point. Uh, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN was tweeting uh, Kelly McCrimmon's quotes. He said they made Marc-Andre Fleury aware of, of Chicago's interest earlier this month. They kept him looped in on every team that showed interest in him. They didn't tell him this morning because it was on Twitter before the trade call was completed. So he said... They did have uh, open communication leading up to the trade. Uh, Alan Walsh says otherwise. Uh, <laughs> we will see. I'm I'm waiting. I agree with you, Wes. I'm waiting for some new artwork uh, from yeah. Alan Walsh. Who is the guy? They need to bring out, call the guy who did the original sword drawing. I think he needs to show himself. We need to give this guy proper credit. Um, that guy should be have should be put in the Hockey Hall of Fame, if you ask me. Or at least the Photoshop Hall of Fame, or some sort of some sort of Hall of Fame, because it was an absolutely uh, it was an absolute beauty of a uh, of an event. Now, listen, um, the other things we just we should touch on these because there's been so much happening. Some deals today that were signed: Connor Garland in Vancouver gets a five-year, twenty-four point seven five million dollar contract with the Canucks. Um, listen, he was going to get paid, um, although it was an RFA deal. You're buying some UFA years, and he's going to be, and I, I mean, he was really the key to that deal. I mean, I know they took OEL, and they hoped that OEL would be good, making $7 million off their cap, but they got rid of all the slugs that they overpaid for that were sucking up their cap, and Jim Benning will have an opportunity to try and salvage his job this year, and if it doesn't work, the next guy is going to have... Well, he's going to have a lot on his hands going forward. Um, but Pavel Bichnevich, nice deal with the Blues. Four-year, $23.2 million deal, um, just south of $6 million a year. And, Reem, you talked about how productive Bichnevich is. You know, it's funny. The Rangers seem to be in on everyone, and they're always trying to, you know, grab the big money players. They're in on Eichel. They're, you know, they get Panarin for 12 mil. At a certain point, it catches up on you. And I don't think they really wanted to lose Bichnevich, but... Um, the St. Louis Blues get another pretty nice piece in the middle to um, see what they can do to try to uh, get back to where they were in 2019, and that was on top of the hockey world. Yeah, I really like this trade for um, for St. Louis and the signing Bucinevich, especially if they're going to lose Tarasenko. He's a great replacement on the top line. We'll wait and see what happens what happens there. But, I mean, he was the 35th leading scorer in the NHL last year. He had 48 points in 54 games, 20 goals. So uh, I think, you know, maybe you don't hear enough about him, and I, I don't think he had like was like had a top role there in in the Rangers organization, but uh, I think they um, they didn't get enough value from him. I know it was a bit of a salary dump. I think they're trying to add some other other pieces, but this is a great deal uh, for St. Louis. I think for, um, you know acquiring him for Sammy Blay in a pick and then signing him to a four year contract and now, Vancouver. Yeah, no, I, go ahead. I mean, saying we're we're talking about these deals and all the deals, but. It was also a busy day for buyouts in the National Hockey League. And James Neal, come on down. Your services are no longer needed. Thank you very much. The real deal is a real UFA now after getting bought out by the Oilers. And interesting, a couple goalies. I mean, Martin Jones signed that 
big long-term deal with the San Jose Sharks and just sort of bottomed out. He's been bought out by San Jose. And Braden Holtby, who wasn't on a really expensive deal, had the one extra year bought out in Vancouver and now becomes unrestricted free agent. And that goalie market, Reem, is going to be very interesting, including those two individuals, to see what sort of offers they get tomorrow when free agency gets rolling around the league. Yeah, I thought maybe Edmonton should have bought out uh, Koskinen, but uh, it seems like they're opting not to. They can send him to the minors. He's got yeah. one year left. I mean, I like that... That's not a huge, a huge problem. I mean, not to mention, at least, you know, he was actually quite serviceable playing in a tandem with Mike Smith for a while at some point the last season. I mean, it just seemed like the the numbers, the term of the Neal deal um, made that one the one that they had to go and get. Um, but again, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with a guy like Holtby. And if you're the Oilers... Are you having second thoughts about signing Mike Smith a couple days ago, considering some of these other goalies are going to be on the market, probably available at low, low prices? That's a good question. I think we'll wait and see. I mean, the Oilers jumped the gun on uh, Duncan Keith, and uh, that maybe seems like a bit of an overpay early on, and then they got Mike Smith. So we'll wait and see. Carolina seems to need a goalie. Is Freddie Anderson, where is he going to go? Philip Grubauer, uh, he's a big name, could become a UFA Tomorrow, and Colorado's a team. They got to sign Landeskog as well. Did they end up getting a deal done? You know, we're hearing rumors that a Jaden Schwartz has a deal done with uh, Seattle, and that's kind of where Butchnevich um, uh, would slot in as well. So uh, there's a couple things uh, to be had, especially for goalies. Carol, I mean, Darcy Kemper, his name's been rumored on the move. Is Carolina going to sign Jonathan Bernier, who they traded, who they got in the Ned trade that everyone was uh, blown away by last week? So still a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts in terms of the goalie mark. I think isn't Tuka Rask UFA two? He says the only place I want to play is is Boston. I think David Krejci's signing uh, with them, resign with them. So there are a number of balls in the air before we hit free agency. Well, tomorrow's going to be a wild day. I mean, we'll get on here. If the Jets do anything really significant in the first hour or so, we'll probably jump on a little bit early. Um, if we're still waiting on specific Jets news, we'll be on at our regular time of one p.m. live on YouTube. Regardless, if you're listening on the podcast, we'll have that sucker in your feed just after 3 o'clock, probably by 3.30 tomorrow, as there should be plenty of action in and around the National Hockey League. But Remus, as we said, it changes the narrative a little bit for the Winnipeg Jets going into tomorrow where, you know, there was all these holes. And, you know, honestly, the work that Dayoff did last night, certainly there's still lots more to do. But a couple of the most important pieces already in the mix before we get to free agency with big Brendan Dillon coming to the Jet Blue Line and Polly Walnuts, Mr. Stastny, back for another year on that one-year deal signed last night. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, Mike McIntyre came on yesterday. He's like, the Jets have all these holes they need to fill. Look, they got to figure out Paul Stastny. They need to get another D. Derek Forbert's leaving. What are they going to do? And uh, Chevy, I mean, he had a busy night last night. Jets making moves, signing Stastny to the one-year deal. I know a lot of uh, fans here loved him, uh, you know, on the ice, but also off the ice. And you saw, you know, the interview that he did, the press conference with the media, you know, family guy. You know, he loved having uh, Blake Wheeler. It seemed they're, you know, around similar ages. They got kids similar ages. Uh, great for him, you know, for his personal life as well. Don't have to pick up and move, too. And I think there's definitely a, a benefit to that. Oh. And, and uh, Brandon Dillon, you know, we heard Mark Morrison. He said, called him a competitor. And uh, Paul Stasny, well, Ehlers. Put on his Instagram story uh, a video of him getting lit up by Dylan in a game. And I said, you know, think of like what, you know, everyone in the last couple of years said, you know, we could really use a guy like Ben Sherrod, a big guy, you know, who plays, you know, defense, 
you know, clear out the front of the net, lays hits. And I think Brandon Dillon is going to give you what, uh, what Chirot, you know, what he used to bring uh, to the Jets. So, and he's going to play, you know, left side. You know, who knows uh, what the pairings will be. But I think this is a big ad. You know, two, two second rounders. You got a guy, three-year deal left, or three years left in his deal, $3.9 million, uh, affordable. I think this is a, a great deal for the Jets and fills a need. And we'll see if they have any other moves uh, tomorrow for free agency. Oh man, the <laughs> comments, funny comments. You guys keep the humor coming. I always, I always enjoy looking at it. All right, let's get to the cool bet lines for today. Uh, let's get to the cool bet lines. So tomorrow the Olympic golf starts um, and Morikawa favorite Xander at nine to one. My guy Hideki Matsuyama. He, I got him at 18. He's now 13 right now because Rom and Bryson are out of the tournament. Other favorites, JT, 11 to 1, Victor Hovland, 13 to 1. And don't sleep on the bad guy, Captain America, Patrick Reed. Sometimes it seems like Ryder Cup puts on his stars and stripes and stars. He's at 20 to 1 right now. Our Canadians are Corey Connors at 29 to 1. And Mac Hughes is, I will say this, Remus, Dustin and I have moved some lines on Coolbet on the lock shop, but I'm not sure we've ever moved one like Mac Hughes. When we did the program yesterday and we gave out the pick, he was 79 to one, moved to 74, moved to 79 and or sorry, 69. And now he's moved to 64. So it does pay to get in early, but uh, I love Mac Hughes as a, as a long shot. Um, he's been playing so well, loves playing for Canada. And I think he's really embracing the, uh, this Olympic experience and <clears throat> tell you what, I haven't wanted to bug him. Uh, but our pal, longtime listeners have known I've had Derek Ingram on a number of times. He's also Canada's national golf coach. He's in Tokyo right now with the guys. Uh, D Ingram Golf on Twitter. He's uh, put some neat pictures, had one of Corey and Mac doing their media sessions yesterday. So can't wait for the Olympic golf. There's uh, plenty more, um, you know, basketball oh. coming up. But uh, one game you might want to watch tonight, USA in basketball coming off their loss to France. They're going up against the Iranians. And at one point, this number had gone to 41 and a half. I guess there's some money coming in on Iran right now because Iran is now a 39 and a half point underdog to an angry U.S. team. That game is going to start tonight, close to midnight. I think just after, um, just after the um, things get going with the, uh, with, I guess the next day's action. Anyways, 2340 is what it says. That'll be kickoff. Hey, uh, a number of other basketball games tonight. Yo, Reem. The Brandon Dillon press conference starting at, in three minutes at three o'clock. Do you want to want to play that? Oh, I'll tell you what. Why don't you get that ready and we'll get some ASD picks? I mean, why, sure. why would we not bring on the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets? We'll hopefully have him pop on the program at some point for a bit of a one-on-one. But uh, absolutely, we'd love to get Brendan Dillon's first, first comments as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. So let's get to it. Live racing tonight. You can get out there for yourself. 50% capacity on the main level, outdoors, fully vaccinated. Let me get my picks up for tonight. Uh, I'm going to start off in race number one. We're going with a 1-3 Quinella. Quinella, clipboard money, and Jokro is uh, the uh, 1-3 in the first race. By the way, I've been stone cold lately, so I would fade my picks if you want, but this is what I'm doing tonight. Okay, number two, I'm going to throw a little sprinkle on Victorian Moon to win. That's horse number seven. And then I'm going to throw a toonie on a Quinella 
between Victorian Moon and the amazingly titled horse Fat and Bitter. I'm not that bitter, but uh, anyways, Fat and Bitter's getting a piece too. Seven six Quinella for race number two. Uh, we're gonna go with Storm Squall race uh, horse number two to win in race number three, and then I move down to race number four, and uh, we're gonna go with a six eight Quinella Frankly Fun. And you should talk. That is in race number four. I'm going to finish it up with one more Quinella. Top two, any order. We're going to go with I Am Aini, horse number three, and Divine Ride, horse number six. Again, you can make all those selections at hpibet.com or better yet, get your card or your QR code and your ID and head down to Cinnaboy Downs yourself. Oh, it looked great last night, and I cannot wait to get back out there ASAP. Remus, uh, what do you got for tonight? I got a couple bets. Uh, I'm going race four. Uh, horse three, L Chairman to win. I am doing race six. Uh, Quinella, six, seven. Cross Lake Proud. I'm a big fan of Cross Lake Proud. Oh, and- Cross Lake Proud. You've been killing it on that yeah, one. Two yeah. wins in a second so far this uh, season. And uh, top of the rock. Although, I can be honest, I didn't win yesterday. I think I had a lot of, like, I just couldn't. I had people up there, but it didn't go well for me. So, I'm I'm on a big losing streak. But that's a $10 Quinella, 6-7 years. So, I'm confident Whoa. in race six. I'm throwing down. And race seven, I'm doing another $5 Quinella, 6-5. Wits, Coco, and Newell. So, uh, what's Coco? A bit of a long shot there, but what? What the heck, Cuss? Let's let's do it. So that's uh, that's what I'm going with. So we'll, you'll, those are our picks. We are waiting for um, Brandon Dillon. Yeah. So this the is the way things are going to work, folks. Um, normally we'd be finishing up right now but with Brandon Dillon coming on shortly. We figured, well, why not keep the uh, keep the party rolling? We'll make the pot a little bit later. It might be a little bit later loading up, but we'll at least get some of Brandon Dillon. I should be able to hang around until the end of it. Uh, although, as I mentioned, all week long, I'm doing the big show on Sports at 960 in Calgary. So uh, we may run out. So you know what? Before we do it, in case I do have to go, um, we'll roll with Brendan Dillon and Remus will finish it up. I hope to be here when it's done to talk a little bit about it at the end. But as always, do want to thank our newest sponsor, Paramount Services Limited. You can find them online at ParamountServicesLTD.com. Uh, They'll take care of if you're in the uh, restaurant convenience industry, basically a one-stop shop available 24-7, 365 for you. And they're also looking for technicians, handyman, repairman, all those sorts of positions, not just here in Manitoba, but also in Saskatchewan and out West. Find out more. You can go to the Winnipeg Sports Talk page, click their logo on the sponsor page. It'll take you right to that career section or simply go on ParamountServicesLTD.com. And find out more uh, or give him a call and ask for my pal, Kerry O'Brien. He will definitely hook you up. Also, our friends at Royal Sports. Of course, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, AkinsLakeWilderness.com, and our betting partner, Cool Bet. If you do want to get in on the Cool Bet, uh, use the promo code WST. You'll get a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And hey, speaking of cool bet, a little Barry Horowitz moment, Reem. I told you about our boosted parlay yesterday for the lock shop. It was a winner. Plus 256, boosted up to plus 310. Shout out to everyone that rolled with us and uh, got a nice little win. 
Congrats. I should have, you know, you posted that parlay and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. They're just giving you, they just want to get people in on this bet. But you guys hit it, the partner parlay, they boosted it for a reason. So uh, I made a big error, error not getting in there. Well, next week, the first, the first official August partner parlay will absolutely be all over the Canadian Football League. We did the show a little earlier, normally go on Wednesdays right now until summer ends. Um, but next Wednesday show will be wild. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, take on Bombers Ticats the entire week one of the Canadian Football League, probably a little baseball as well, wrap the Olympics, and then look ahead to NFL season as well. By the way, while we wait for Brendan Dillon to get on Reem, mm-hmm. uh, lo and behold, look who showed up in Green Bay today. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron uh- Rodgers wearing a really cool, ironic office T-shirt. Such a cool guy. Um, but, uh, you, you know, <laughs> what about his sunglasses? Did you see those? I got a pair oh, of those yeah. little the shout out to Brett, the hitman heart. Those yeah. Were, those were amazing. Yeah. So I guess he's not hosting Jeopardy. Huss. He's actually going to play football this year. Was there ever any delegate? Did anyone really think he was going to not play here? I know that it, I know like they've been putting out cryptic Instagrams, calling it the last dance of the team that never won, but, uh, well, We'll wait and we'll wait and see. I guess day by day, Aaron Rodgers update. Oh, cool, Mitch. Uh, WHT. Yeah, no lock shop today. I bet five bucks and one. Beautiful. Would have paid you more than twenty bucks coming back. Yeah, that was very nice. If you haven't seen the lock shop before, uh, I do it with Dustin Nielsen. We always bring on Chris Abbott from Cool Bet once a show or once a week, and we all pick a game that we like, put it together in a three gamer, and now as of this week. Coolbet's going to be putting it onto the site in the banner. And if you like it, you can jump on it and they'll boost the odds. So yesterday, the pick that we made was actually plus 256. They boosted it up to plus 310 and a bunch of people won. So uh, sure. so certainly that was uh, that was quite nice. People um, are asking for uh, the picture of Aaron Rodgers with his... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there he is with his <laughs> big is. sunglasses and his... Uh, oh, that is a pretty sick shirt. Uh, Kevin Malone... <laughs> And the chili on a team. Yes, the famous <laughs> I I know, the famous meme. That is kind of funny. So I used to have an office t-shirt back in like 2006, but uh, people people still love it. For the record, I stopped watching, uh, like, I think season five, I stopped watching. I said, this show doesn't have it anymore, and I tapped out and haven't haven't uh, done it since so what happened was that when jim and pam got together and you didn't have that beautiful long romantic story that just sucked you into every episode yeah i think that was part of it i just i think they got they brought in a bunch of characters i think the andy bernard character uh started pissing me off and um it just the first season had this very like awkward uh you know uncomfortable humor and it became more like that like Larry David style. Yeah, and it became more like um, wacky, like a- every other show. It kind of lost what made it unique, and that's and then also the Jim Pam thing. They got together, and uh, it kind of it did it did ruin it. You know, okay. This, I don't know whether DQ Nick is in the chat right now. Yeah, but Joe from Winnipeg has just dropped an amazing suggestion. Aren't DQ Dilly bars named after Brendan Dillon sponsorship? Mm-hmm. No, no. This this is the way it is. Are they named after Brendan Dillon or Dylan DeMello? And you could have a battle between the two. I mean, Nick Nick could come up with a pretty good ad, I'm sure. Maybe we'll do something on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. They can both state their case why they should be the namesake for the Dilly Bar. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that those are great. 
It's and, starting um, up here. You should definitely check that out. So, uh, so listen, we're going to get Brendan Dillon on, uh, the new member of the Winnipeg Jets, meeting the media for the first time. Um, this The timing's been awesome. We got a chance to hear Paul Stastny, and we will go a little long today. Uh, but as soon as Brendan Dillon's over, we'll get out so we can get these podcasts loaded up. Uh, but it's been a great day. And don't forget tomorrow, folks, we are going to be all over free agency, focusing on the Winnipeg Jets side of things. But I do have a feeling it'll be a very interesting and busy day in the National Hockey League. So we'll have all the latest breaking news. Uh, we'll certainly have a number of guests join us to give us their thoughts and analysis on what's happened around the league as well as specifically on the Winnipeg Jets. And then, uh, you know, probably be talking more about free agency for the next few days as we get into the weekend and the August long weekend. Uh, sounds like Brendan Dillon is ready to go. Let's hear from the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, 24 hours yet, but um, yeah, some, some, some obviously mixed emotions. Anytime a player gets traded, uh, you know, this isn't my first time, um, you know, as a young, you know, single guy going from Dallas to San Jose. And then you, kind of move on at a trade deadline trade as well um, when I came to Washington. So um, I think first and foremost, um, kind of the emotions or or excitement going to a really good team, um, you know, a team that's uh, that's been really good for, for a number of years now, um, you know, playing in, in, in the Western Conference against them uh, more times than with Washington. Um, you know, you get to see they got a lot of good pieces in place uh, up front. A Vesna winning goalie. Um, you know, a defense that I, that I think is, is only going to get better. And, um, you know, I think for the city of Winnipeg, I've, I've had players I've played with in the past. Um, I've attended a few weddings there for some friends of mine over the years. And I'm um, just excited to kind of get out there, um, get with a very passionate and exciting hockey market, um, you know, to play there in Winnipeg and see the fan base. It's a lot of fun, um, you know, as an away, away team, you know, uh, getting yelled at. It'll be nice to have uh, some people cheering for you and, um, again, it's, it's something where I had a, had a great, uh, great little run here in Washington and met some good people and good relationships, but, um, in, in the hockey world, you know, you're, you're always looking forward to the, to the next, uh, next adventure. We'll go next to Kelly Moore from 680 CJOB. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you, Gregor. And don't unmute me for a second. I just want to double check. Brendan, where are you joining us from, please? Uh, from DC. Okay. Uh, yep. and just in terms of welcome, Thank <laughs> Mike, you. Done that. Uh, you, you just talked about the experience that you've picked up along the way. So uh, I'm kind of curious as to uh, the, from the physicality, which obviously we've talked a lot about Winnipeg needing, but also that experience with successful hockey clubs. Uh, which one do you think uh, you bring more of to the Jets uh, from that perspective? Well, I, I, I think I bring bring a lot of different things. Um, I, I think for myself, again, um, playing over the last, uh, I think this this will be my tenth season um, going forward. Um, I, I've been very fortunate to play with a lot of amazing, a lot of amazing teammates, um, a lot of good teams. Been to a Stanley Cup final. That's you know one of the probably biggest uh, memories for me and, and achievements. And um, you know, I think when you're able to to get to that point and, and have some success, um, it only makes you want to be better and, and want to go, uh, go further. And I think for, for my personal style of game, um, of course, physicality is a big part of it, but, um, I think for a bigger guy, you know, six, four, whatever, two twenty, I think two twenty five ish. Um, you know, I think I can skate and I love to join the play. 
Um, I take a lot of pride in breaking pucks out and, um, you know, I love to watch hockey. I love to get better at it. Um, you know, watching guys in the playoffs, the Victor Hedmans, the, these, you know, Norris caliber, um, defensemen, I think for, for a guy like me, um, you know, it, it's cool seeing the Blake Wheelers and Mark Scheifele's and, and these guys on Winnipeg that continue to get better with age and continue to improve. And um, I think coming to uh, to a team like Winnipeg, uh, there's there's a work ethic there. And with talking with uh, with Coach uh, earlier today with Paul, um, you know, he's, he's got a great black and white plan, um, and it's. Uh, Definitely, uh, definitely easy to see why they've had success there over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I hope for myself, uh, I can just be a big piece of the puzzle and, and, uh, and help to make the team better really at the end of the day. We'll go next to Murata Tesh from The Athletic. Go ahead, Murata. Thanks, Gregor. Hi, Brendan. And likewise, welcome to the city. Thank you. Um, I can find a, a Dylan DeMello connection playing in San Jose briefly together. I'm wondering what other Jets connections you might have to this point, who you've talked to and, and what it was like to know Dylan at, or at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I saw and played with Mello, he was, he was a guy kind of just getting his first, first crack in the NHL. Um, uh, one of the nicest guys you'll meet, um, somebody who, who's worked at his game and, you know, earned everything he's gotten over these last couple of years between Ottawa and Winnipeg. And um, I think for the rest of the team, um, you know, I've spoken with a few of the guys through text and uh, obviously played against them for, for the last number of years. And, um, you know, I've skated a little bit with, uh, with Shifley and Wheeler over the years, just kind of through different ice times across, uh, across, you know, Western Canada and whatnot. And, um, uh, you know, the team as a whole, when you look at it on paper, so much talent and, and so much kind of every every little piece uh, piece to be able to have a winning team. And um, kind of like what I talked about, I've seen some of the best players in the world. Um, been fortunate enough to be parts of good locker rooms and, and you know, good teams that, um, you know, when you get into a room and you're, you're accepted or you're, you're kind of getting to know your teammates, that's, that's a big part of, of having success. And that's... Uh, Kind of what I'm looking forward to is just kind of getting out there and, and meet more guys and, and getting that kind of comfortability. And, um, you know, even amongst the defensemen, um, like I said, kind of outside of DeMello, I don't really know too many too many guys. Uh, so just just excited. Next to Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Go ahead, Weaver. Thanks for your afternoon, Brendan. I can remember, I can remember talking with you when you were still with San Jose before the last trade. Uh, does it become any less jarring when you've gone through it now a couple of times? Uh, I think, I think anytime you get traded, it's, there's a little bit of frustration that goes into it. Um, there's kind of the, you know, could I have done something differently or, you know, I think for me, this past year was probably one of my better seasons, um, that I've had. And, and I think that's the excitement for me is to be able to go to Winnipeg and just continue to build my game. And, um, it's, it's kind of for me, you know, I wasn't drafted. I, I, I haven't really been one of those guys who, you know, I, I don't want anything given to me. I, I want to be able to turn and I want to make sure that that's um whether that's my B partner or you know the forward line I'm out there with on my team or, or the team I'm playing for um you know knows that I'm going to do everything I can to, to make us better and uh, uh when you when you do get traded um this being the third time now for me it's it's kind of crazy you know I just signed the you know four-year contract last summer and you kind of get settled and get to know guys and um it's part of the hockey world unfortunately where you've kind of got to turn the page now and um, the people you make friends with, whether that's in San Jose or 
wash it in here for me. Um, you know, those people you always be able to connect with and always be able to spend time with when it comes down to it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to a team that, that wants to win, that thinks we can win, um, that believes we're, we're going to be right there. And um, that's, that's exciting going into a season with those being the expectations. We'll go next to Ted Wyman from the Winnipeg Sun. Go ahead, Ted. Thanks, Gregor. Hi, uh, Brendan. Um, you mentioned Victor Hedman and, you know, the role that he's played in winning those Stanley Cups. And we saw with Montreal, a really big defenseman carried them a long way getting to the final. I'm just wondering if, you know, you could share what you think is that role, um, the importance of having that kind of big, strong physical defenseman for playoff runs. Yeah, well, um, you got to kind of have a little bit of everything, whether that's forwards, defensemen, um, you got to have your speed guys, you got to have your bigger guys, you got to have your role players. And um, I, I think for me, I think skating and, you know, positioning is, is a big part of my game. And to be able to be, to be big, to be physical, to be hard to play against, um, you know, hard to play against is something I want players on the other team to know at the end of the night. I, I don't want them to, to be coming into Winnipeg. I think it's going to be an easy game, um, a game against us. And, um, I think for the team already, uh, you've got big physical players. And then I think when you look at the Mark Scheifele's and the, you know, the, the Kyle Connors and, um, you know, these aren't small guys either. And, and, you know, they're players that can play a physical brand of hockey and you, you see the teams that ended up being in the finals, um, you know, guys on both sides, the David Savards, the Victor Edmonds, the Joel Edmondson, Shea Weber, um, Jeff Petrie. I mean, these are all big guys, but they can all move too. And, and that's something that in this day and age, you, you got to be able to skate. You got to be able to, to join the play and, 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 you know, create offensively. Um, you know, teams are too good defensively when you only have three forwards that are getting up in the rush. And um, I think for myself, I, you know, I try to chip in when I can, but um, I know what makes Brendan Dillon the best hockey player that he can be. And, and that's being somebody that's, you know, clearing out the front of the net, that's blocking shots, taking pride on the penalty kill. Um, but at the same time, creating offense when I can for sure. We'll go next to Carter Brooks from Game On. Go ahead, Carter. Hi, Brendan. Uh, welcome to Winnipeg again virtually. Uh, we were just talking about uh, experience and Stanley Cup playoff experiences you've touched on. Uh, another guy that signed yesterday, Paul Stasny, he brings a lot to the front uh, in terms of playoff experience. What do you know about Paul and uh, how excited are you to be on a team with uh, a guy like that? I, uh, I don't know Paul too well, but I do know one thing is he's a heck of a hockey player. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm definitely happy to be, uh, to be a teammate of his than, than someone that's having to play against him. And, uh, I think anybody, anytime someone like Paul Stastny is wanting to resign with your team, um, you know, at his age with everything that he's, uh, accomplished is still wanting to, to be a big part of a team. You know, that he sees something here. He's been in that dressing room. He's, he's been on that ice with that team and, um, Everything you hear about Winnipeg, the, the Jets organization from, um, you know, the GM, the ownership on down to the coaching staff, um, it's first class. And, and I think uh, from whether that's someone that's played there or um, guys that have gone there in free agency, it's, um, it's again, it's, it's an exciting thing for a player when you're coming and you know you're going into that kind of environment. And um, it's uh, it's someone that I'm sure a guy like Stas has, has seen and experienced and um, is, is a big part of that team. We'll go back to Kelly Moore from CGOB. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey, Brendan, you uh, mentioned that uh, in, in the earlier trades, uh, you know, it, it might have been a, a bit of a different circumstance, I think, than this one, where 
it seems at least on the outset to be all about the business of hockey uh, and, and being left unprotected for the expansion draft last uh, week. Uh, was there anything in your mindset that prepared you that this was probably coming? And when did you actually find out about the trade last night or this morning? Yeah, well, the, uh, I mean, it, it is unfortunate. I mean, I know there is, uh, you know, a guy in the name of Mr. Ovechkin that needed a new contract this summer. And, um, you know, he's done a heck of a, a lot for, for the franchise in Washington and um, not just for, for that, but for, for the game of hockey and the NHL. And, um, you know, those are conversations I'm not a part of when it comes with, with management and him. And um, I know for Washington, they're, they're a cap team that, um, you know, is trying to win a Stanley Cup every year. And, and with that um, comes decisions and, uh, this was obviously a route that they, they kind of went to, chose to go down. And, um, I, I think for me as a player, you, you kind of take that with a chip on your shoulder. You want to go and, you know, just go to that new team and, and, and prove them right. Uh, you know, I think that's for, for Chevy bringing me in. Um, I want to do everything I can to be, be the best Brendan Dillon and, and best Winnipeg Jet I can. And, um, when it comes to the actual trade itself, uh, unfortunately, you know, I found out on, on social media and I think that's kind of the way that, Things are trending, unfortunately, in this day and age, uh, you know, with some of the, the trades that have gone on in the past recent weeks and past couple of years, I was, um, you know, I'm still here in D.C. and um, some neighbors of mine had, uh, <laughs> you know, had some just kind of beer league uh, later night hockey and I got invited out too. So um, went out to that last night and it was a later ice time, as you can imagine, being uh, <laughs> being on a Monday night and sure enough, got off the ice and just as everyone's kind of winding down, um you know, someone, one of the guys that kind of said they'd check their Twitter or Instagram. And next thing you know, you know, you look at your phone and there's a couple missed calls and, um, you know, off we go. So that's, that's the unfortunate thing with, with some of the social media in this day and age is, uh, you find out some things that way, but, um, we're in 2021 and, you know, it kind of is what it is. And, um, you know, I've talked to some of my, my former teammates and, you know, just friends from, from back home and, some of the new, you know, my new teammates too. So uh, it's, it's uh, as, as part of being a hockey player, that's what we sign up for. There's, there's uh, a lot of good things, a lot of incredible things that, that hockey gives you. And there's, there's also some, uh, some tough decisions that go into it too. More for Brendan. Now we'll go back to Murata Tesh from The Athletic. Go ahead, Murata. Thanks, Gregor. Just sort of following up on just how three-dimensional that answer is, because you know you're talking about good things, bad things, the reality of how you find out. Um, having moved a couple of times now, I've always wondered what do teams do to prepare you for that transition to the new city in terms of information, in terms of making it easy. I'm sure you're just at the beginning of that with Winnipeg, but what does that even look like? Well, it's it's a lot uh, when you, when you look at it. Um, you know, some guys have kids in school, some guys have built their forever home, some guys uh, are just renting and have all their furniture, they can just grab the keys and lock the door and off they go. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't have kids or anything right now, but I, I do own my house here. But, um, you know, there's decisions that, that kind of have to be made. And um, especially with how short the off season is, um, this, this off season, um, you know, those things kind of be, get projected a little bit quicker than, than maybe you were thinking if, if that something was to, to happen. And, uh, it's, it's, yeah, every team is, is probably a little bit different in there, right? I mean, Winnipeg's been fantastic so far with, with talking with everyone in the organization, you know, where to live, where guys live, rent, buy, um, 
you know, where, where most guys are, uh, people reaching out to make the transition easier. Um, those, those are things that, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of got friends and family for that can make it a little bit easier. Uh, you just are at the end of the day, hoping to go somewhere where you're wanted to, to go somewhere where, uh, it's going to be a good situation. And, um, uh, I think Winnipeg ticks, ticks all those boxes. And final question, uh, Mike McIntyre from the free press. Go ahead, Mike. Brendan, just a lighthearted follow-up. You mentioned playing beer league hockey last night and finding out. Um, I'm just curious, what's the caliber of the beer league? Do you let anybody else touch the puck on the ice? <laughs> well, I mean, I've been I've been skating for for a couple of weeks now. Just uh, just at the, the rink here with a few guys are still in town, um, you know, and kind of doing your off season training. It was just one of my neighbors that's been bugging me to to come out with them one of these uh, one of these nights. And of course, last night was the last one of the summer where he was uh, had been begging me for weeks on end. So um, decided I'd, I'd I'd pop out for the nine forty five uh, late Monday night uh, Monday night skate and. I don't know if we were keeping score. I, I know there wasn't a lot of back checking going on, so I was working on my three and four on ones um, for most of it. But we, uh, you know, it was again. It's it's been it's great. I mean, I think that's the thing when you go to different cities and, and different teams. Um, you, you know, you meet friends, you meet people that uh, you know you keep in touch with over the years. And um, at the same time, it was uh, yeah, it was probably probably that I'll remember for sure. Thanks very much for doing this, Brendan. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We look forward. Dylan, uh, still here. Uh, we'll just finish up the program, but I got to bring Remus in here. Um, by the way, chat on fire today. You guys are hilarious. Remo, we've heard a lot of players. We've talked to hundreds of players over the last 10, 12, 15 years doing this. That's got to be one of the funniest getting traded stories I've ever heard. First of all, the fact that he was playing in his neighbor's beer league game. And then to get into the dressing room afterwards and have one of the other guys check his social media and find out that the guy that they just brought in from the Capitals to play with them, his final game in D.C. was a member of his neighbor's beer beer league team and not the Washington Capitals. Yeah, that's an awesome story. And I loved hearing him talk about uh, how he was practicing his like three on ones and four on ones because you know how much back checking <laughs> is going on in a nine forty. Playing in your game. Yeah, nine forty. Yeah, I got to maybe he'll want to uh, come to some local uh, beer league so you can make a good YouTube uh, video of it that. It sucks but, for him and, that he threw that out like right away. That like so every single person in Winnipeg knows that he's done that. Like he is going to set a record for invites to hey you want to come out and skate with us uh, me and my buddies are going out on sunday night at 10 30 you in like it's gonna be non-stop for this guy yeah yeah i agree and one thing i noticed for sure has you know we've talked about how the jets are the biggest or the best flow team in the league uh kyle connor um sammy niku who lauren brossois i mean there's some guys i think mark shafley had some pretty good flow wheeler last year wheeler? wheeler wheeler i sorry you know i haven't watched the jets game in a while but i think brendan Dillon will definitely uh fit in nicely uh with the flow he was displaying under his uh what mariners hat i'll have to rock my i got the same one i'll have to rock it uh tomorrow now i was gonna ask you about that what's up with the maroon mariners hat was that like some he's special from, game or something he's from bc he probably just remember how like fred durst popularized like Having wacky colors of a Yankees hat, I guess he likes maroon, and he's from BC. Maybe he's a Mariners fan. They are 
They're not. Pl- you know, there are. Uh, it's, the Mariners had in well. the colors of the Vancouver jersey from the Heritage Classic, yeah. where Torts played Eddie Lack over Luongo, and he promptly got his ass traded out of town. Um, that was amazing. I will say this. I mean, all, all ser- like joking aside, it was sort of a funny little bit at the end. Um, man, if you're a Jets fan, that's exactly what you want to hear from a player. Excited to come here, excited about the team, and you know, a guy that knows that this is a team that absolutely values him and needs him um, to get to the next level. Uh, we'll hopefully get Brandon Dillon on maybe in the next few shows. Uh, we'll see whether that can work out, but I can tell you, um, I think a lot of people excited and what a great show this has been today. Uh, you know, we've got to thank Mark Morrison. It seemed like, you know, five hours ago, we talked to him. Uh, thanks to Rennie for joining us from the campsite. Andrew Collier, GM of the Gold Eyes, getting us ready for next Tuesday's Winnipeg Gold Eyes home opener. Um, and then some live comments from both Paul Stastny and Brendan Dillon. Stastny re-signed last night by the Winnipeg Jets and Brendan Dillon acquired by the Winnipeg Jets last night in a trade from the Washington Capitals. And again, folks, tomorrow is free agency day in the National Hockey League. There should be a ton of news We'll see. We'll focus in on what's happening with Winnipeg Jets, but keep an eye on what's happening all around the league. If anything breaks with the Jets early, we may start it. So if you haven't already, especially to you folks in the YouTube, make sure you've tur- hit that bell so you get notified that we go live. Tomorrow's the sort of a day where we may go early, in fact, uh, but guaranteed we'll be on at 1 p.m., if not earlier, with all the latest on free agency from around the National Hockey League. As I mentioned, I got to run. I'm jumping on with Pat Steinberg for a few hours on Sports at 960. Um, thanks to everyone that joined us, all of our guests, all the sponsors, you all in the chat, and everyone listening on podcasts that got all the way to the end. Been a great day, exciting times for the Winnipeg Jets and their fans. We'll be back all over it tomorrow here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. We'll see you Wednesday. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 